give you guys some fantasy goo, drop the knowledge in this dead week before the Pro Bowl and a couple weeks before the Super Bowl. We are non-stop giving it to you year-round and I'm excited to announce that we got Mr. Waz here uh, firing it up with us and um, he's here with us instead of Houdini who's got a, uh, a, a commitment and that crossed away from me. I got Stag Party. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. Fired up. Uh, good to have you on the show, my man. I think what we're going to do is, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about some of the Sunday action we saw in the games. We'll talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. We will be recording next week and could probably go an hour deep into that bad daddy. So we'll try and keep that trim. And then um, we're going to kind of have a review uh, and do kind of a, a rear view mirror audit of the 2016 season with a number of questions and some good stuff. And then we're also going to, in the last segment, kind of talk about some of the things that we do in the offseason as we get prepared for, yes, next season, the 2017 season. You know the NFL. They keep this action going year-round. It'll be a minute before it's the combine. It'll be a minute after that before it's the NFL draft, and they'll be in the OTAs in no time. So we're going to tell you guys what we do to get ready for fantasy football next season. Um, What's going on? Good times all around. It's gonna yeah, be it's nice yeah. to have a new, uh, a new, a new face in the show, and uh, you know, and a completely new intro because you didn't go with. As usual, we got Houdini to my left. Every Stand time there's any, across the yeah, way every time there's anything like different in that, it really throws me for a loop. I mean, like, remember one time you guys switched seats one time? Yeah. Like, oh no! What am I supposed to do? What uh, day is it? But yeah, so we're we're really excited and. Um, uh, Waz, you know, you think with you, it's uh, coming on board on with uh, Pyro, um, you know, over the last couple weeks, we hung out with, for the games and having you now on the show, and it's awesome to have you in the Pyro mix. Uh, you mind telling uh, the audience, you know, a little bit of background on yourself? I know, I know it's kind of stupid, but whatever. No, Let no, them know no, about man. you and introduce yourself. Hey, yeah, absolutely, dear. I'm, I'm hyped, man. Uh, I... By the way, I never been introduced as kindly as Mister. That was that was awesome. Okay. Very uh, very respectful, I, I would say. Uh, man, uh, you know I, I've been I've been doing this thing for uh, for a little while. Ever since I was about 13 years old. Don't want to show my age too much, but uh, you know I uh, going from you know 
doing some leagues with your friends, doing some, uh, hey, you know, your six-team leagues when you're younger because, you know, nothing else matters. It's, you know, before you understand scoring and, you know, how the process really works, you know, you get some friends and families leagues, you know, then I started evolving a little bit, got more into redraft leagues with different people I didn't even know. Uh, you know, then going to the keeper leagues, man, I, uh, you know, hang on to a couple guys and that evolved right into dynasty and I'm, I'm huge on dynasty. I, uh, I live it and breathe in. It's, it's, it's been a really hardcore thing for me since, uh, you know, for at least, I want to say I'm, I'm only going about four years of dynasty, but it feels like a lifetime. <laughs> I, uh, you know, you know, start, start trying different formats, two quarterbacks, super flex. It's getting some IDP, you know, dip my toes in some auction, hate it, but love it at the same time. <laughs> you, know, you know, anything that gives me a challenge, man, I'm, 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 I'm down. I'm, you know, I hate it at first, but you know, it's how you learn. It's uh, you know, you got you gotta you gotta learn based on uh, different situations. You know, you're not used to. But uh, you know, I, I love drafting any different formats. And uh, let, let's have some fun, guys. All right, I'm, I'm here now. Let's let's do this. Yeah, let's talk about some good stuff. Let's talk about fantasy. And we're gonna talk about a lot of different things today, so we can dip our feet in a lot of different directions. We could go pretty much anywhere from this. So now that we got the intros out of the way, we can hit up, what did you think about the games on Sunday, D-Rex? Were they good? Were they everything they were propped up to be? Or were they, eh? I mean, they weren't very good games, but I liked kind of, I, you know, they weren't very good games, in all honesty. I thought, I think I called on the show last week that the Falcons were going to smoke the Green Bay Packers. Um, I just think that it's, it, it was their, it's their year. Now let's see what happens uh, heading into the actual big game against the Bill Belichick Patriots. But that game I was excited. We know that I'm a little bit down on Aaron Rodgers. Guys gets the, my girl. I'm not going to be happy about it, so I'm down with the Packers losing. One thing I will say is, you know, the Packers fans are pretty graceful about their loss and weren't going too ballistic. You hear about all these other kind of post-game fights and people being dickheads and um, – Elite the Packers, you know, class act through and through. So you guys made it farther than anyone would have anticipated uh, on the backs of Aaron Rodgers. But I'm happy for Atlanta. I want to see if they – I think they would, they're going to give a much better fight to the Patriots in the big game than the Packers could have ever. It was like if the Packers snuck by, they would have gotten smoked in the Super Bowl. It's just because they could be so one-dimensional. The Falcons are not that way. But the best thing that the Packers fans did is they put their heads down a little bit and then it started this new thing, you know, after game cheesehead tipping to where people just run around and slap the cheeseheads off people. And that was pretty funny to watch for a while. I got a good kick out of that. Yeah, I saw that one girl <laughs> running around. To be honest, fuck that. That's what you won. You're going to the Super Bowl. Why are you going to be a dick? This guy traveled all the way down in his, in his uh, Bronco from friggin' Green Bay down to Atlanta. Families. Yeah, he's got families, he's got the Winnebago, and you got to be a jerk after it. Come on, show some grace and victory. Um, but yeah, I thought that game was, that was over early. So to be honest, I started, my buddy got this bottle of, uh, of bourbon, and I didn't even realize it until like an hour into drinking it. It was 120, or 100, yeah, 120 proof. It felt like it was going down a little thick, uh, stronger than the other stuff. But I was hammered by the end of this, the first game. Like, I kind of don't even remember the first couple touchdowns of the Patriots <laughs> game. I was just talking and barking out stuff and then missed some, miss some plays. And people were like, dude, stop drinking, dude, and calm down. I was like, okay. <laughs> Feeding the little dude some booze for you. Oh, yeah. Being a bad godfather <laughs> for sure. I like to do that. 
Yeah, at the end of that, uh, do you notice at the end of the Falcons game too? It was, it was kind of odd I, I, when I was watching the game, seeing, you know, seeing Rodgers on the sideline and seeing, you know, all, all their playmakers on the side. It was like you're just done now, right? You know, I, I don't care. What, what I find weird, you're in a playoff game. You're, you're showing respect. You want to go into next season healthy. But let's play it out. You know, let, let's just give us the best game you got. And you you stopped like two, three minutes short, I think it was. Yeah, Brett Hundley's in there for that last drive. I was excited for that. You know, who, who doesn't like some Hundley? But it was it, it was different. I, I I can't remember the last time I actually saw, you know, them just kind of like, good, good game, right. guys. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm done here. So T- Tip of the cheese hat. Yeah, early. I'm going to tip my cheese hat to you, sir. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 kind of, I kind of agree. Uh, but at the same time... They weren't coming back, no. uh, so at the, you know, give some guys, some, give some younger, younger guys some experience. But the, it, let's just be honest: the Falcons, that firepower, that dynamic uh, situation, and we saw something that we hadn't seen out of my favorite player in the league and our, one of our favorites here, Pyro Julio, explode. I mean, he did not have as explosive of a season as he usually does. Um, and he's definitely been on the on, on the little downside a little bit of being injured at the end of the season. Uh, them sitting him out a lot, so it was nice to see the welcome back Julio um, party. But I think when we talk about the Super Bowl a little bit, I think of all the players on Atlanta, he's in for the uh, the biggest uh, the biggest Bill Belichickian um, gaming. He's going to be just getting clobbered. Uh, what about you? Should we move on to? Uh, no, let's keep hitting it. And there, there, there was just interesting things. I, I think the biggest def, uh, difference we mentioned last week was the difference between this Dallas sort of sit-back defense and this Atlanta defense that's going to come out and attack you. And we saw that, and they were able to get pressure on Rodgers, and they were able to send blitzes from different places and get pressure in his face. And that was sort of the major difference in the game. And they were able to make some impact plays by making Ripkowski fumble, you know, a couple different times and, you know, stopping him on some third downs and doing other things that the Cowboys just were unable to do. I mean, as we said, you know, the Dallas offense didn't lose that game for him. It was the Dallas defense that did. Atlanta's defense, they're able to create some havoc, and if they're able to make some, you know, pressure in Tom Brady's face... It's going to be a little bit different than what he's seen, and you know we saw against Houston how he could struggle if they bring it up through the A gaps. So I'm looking forward to that and their defense, but also we saw this offense be very involved. Everyone, you know, they got Tevin Coleman a score, they got Devonta Freeman a score, they got you know Julio a couple, and they. My favorite part of the game was probably them just throwing a fade route to Julio and saying you can't match up with this guy. And we've been saying it for years. Why don't they do it more? Because every time they do it, it seems to work out. You know, you can't predict the 73-yard scores where he just scampers across the field and stiff arms every defender, even though it's a it's a Julio move. But you just like to see more of those red zone targets go his way. You know, Austin Hooper got a couple. You saw Toy Lilo get a couple targets. And they're both very sort of involved. And then the ancillary receivers... Mohamed Sanu looks healthy again, and he looks like a secondary weapon. But a lot of it is, you know, Taylor Gabriel not averaging a huge amount of targets with Julio back in, but he's still there. And he's that little bit of a threat that he can take the top off or just demolish you on a screen, you know, makes a big difference. And he dropped a couple plays. You know, he dropped some nice passes 
Um, they were trying to get him involved too. I mean, they were right out in the first quarter. He 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 botched a couple plays. So yeah, they're spreading the ball around, which is great, and that's what Matty Ice can do. And they got some serious talent. But I agree, the one X factor I think going into the next week's game is um, Hooper, but also um, more so is the fact Sanu looks pretty good. Looks like he's got a great grasp of the offense. If he's if they're going to be putting a, a lot of two people over on Julio to take him out, uh, I think he can find his his little spots and sit down in zones uh, and, and and make some things happen in the Super Bowl. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the second game. Um, obviously, the Steelers came to Foxborough to play against the Patriots. I was hoping for a good one in this one, and it it just didn't seem like uh, they brought they brought their A game. What'd you guys see in that one? Well, the biggest thing was Le'Veon Bell was apparently not healthy going into the game, and there was really no word on that. And it was just like, oh, well, he was going to be the biggest difference maker. He was all anybody could talk about all week with his patience behind the line of scrimmage, you know, taking his time, finding the right hole, and, you know, just making an impact on the game in a myriad of different ways. So, you know, not knowing that that guy wasn't going to make it through the entire game, and they had an idea of that, that was sort of a little off-putting. But the rest of the guys, after that, after Bell's out, you scheme to take out Antonio Brown, and there's nobody else there that can beat you, and we saw that. You know, that's absolutely true. You know, we saw that Patriots defensive line really, really put some pressure on Big Ben. I, I, I don't think they got any sacks, but it seemed like they should have had, like, a dozen. <laughs> From what it, it always seemed like Ben... But they had nowhere to go. He, he either had got to run out. He could rarely step step up in most situations. Uh, and, you know, in those situations, you know, he would know where Le'Veon was. And Le'Veon wasn't on the field. So opportunities like that where he had to kind of make plays and kind of, here, Eli Rogers, take this ball. And, you know, he's got his receivers dropping them as well. You know, that really starts uh, a domino effect in the offense. And they, uh, we saw him fall apart. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different aspects uh, to this game. And we saw once that the Steelers were sort of ill-equipped to take on a a Patriot-led team when they don't have all the killer bees. And in addition to that, they also don't have the fourth guy who hasn't been there all season, Martavis Bryant. And you could just see that he would have been a difference maker in this game. They need someone other than Antonio Brown because obviously Sammy Coates isn't cutting it. And we saw that one deep shot where I, it might have been a drop. They kept saying it was a drop on the screen. But I also thought the dude had his arm and he couldn't fully extend. So I don't know about that one. That one's a little tough to call. You know, you know, we knew Sammy Coates probably wasn't going to work out when before the season we learned about a guy named Eli Rogers taking you know, these snaps and getting in the uh, first-team offense over Sammy as well. And I think the hype on Bryant's going to be pretty big next year, guys. I, uh, I, I think it's going to maybe get a little bit excessive, but uh, you know we'll see if he can do his thing next year. I, he, I agree. There's always going to be buzz because when he's playing, there's, he, it's a delightful thing. He's a stud. Uh, I think my question with him, and one of the reasons why I won't pay a high price for him in next, week, in next season's drafts is just he's obviously got a weed problem. So I just worry that he's one step away from – uh, you know, being Plus, hurt in a game, going home, hitting the pipe, and getting drug tested, and being out for another f- full season. Plus, he's one of those guys that's pretty open that he doesn't think it's a problem. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, I smoke, but what, what, what's the point? But there's also <laughs> there's also a lot of rumors today that 
they're doing some things to loosen up on their marijuana policy. So if the NFL does do that, maybe maybe he's not facing a full season suspension for smoking a little dope. We're not just so you know. We're doing the same thing here at Pyromaniac. <laughs> we found out that our our the performance levels were down when I was really hard on on the writers on weed and stuff like that. So we've really we really eased off on that and and you know productivity's through the roof. <laughs> you know, arrows going really high <laughs> through the roof, to, to literally the moon, to, to the moon back. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it, it, I felt uh, a little bit bad for the Steelers because now you even hear Big Ben talking on the radio the other day. Said he's not even sure he want, if he's playing next year. He's thinking about potentially retiring. You got to think that he's just angling for stuff. You think so? He's, but, his his guaranteed money uh, next year is twentieth in the league among quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I want to get paid more because I'm obviously one of the top ten passers in the game. You can put him wherever you want, fantasy-wise, but he's obviously a dominant player for them, and without him, you know, Landry Jones, no. You wouldn't even be able to use all these other playmakers, so I think he's just talking about it like, okay, now let's sign him to this three-year, $65 million deal where $50 million is guaranteed and he's going to be all right or something along those lines. So I think he's angling, but maybe he really is considering retirement. Uh, I'm not going to put that... Put that against him. Everybody considers retirement. Hell, after the season, I consider retirement. It's a long, it's a long run, but I, I think you're right. I think he is angling for something, but at the same time, it felt like that was a defeating, defeating loss. They had, they felt pretty good about themselves. They were in a, a good spot, having a great season. The big, the big three Bs are all there, and and then to come in and just kind of get outmatched, outgamed. I think afterwards they were like. Wow, we got a lot of work to go get to get a championship, uh, and I don't know if Ben thinks he can really pull it off in the twilight of his career. You know what I think it is exhausting is they came into the season. You know they lost Bryant, they lost Bell for a little bit. So I have a feeling they really worked their ass off to kind of turn their team around, get these new guys. You know, uh, get these new guys to football, get Eli Rogers involved, try to figure out what's going on with Sammy Coates. Um, you know, they dealt with injuries all season, and to get to the point where they were at, they're like, hey, guys, we're, we did it. All this hard work's paying off, and then, boom, it went terrible. Like, it didn't seem like any they, – they weren't. it didn't even seem like they were ready for that defensive line from the Patriots, you know, and they, they weren't expecting the pressure, and, uh, you know, that's why they're going home. That's why they're going to watch the Super Bowl from home. They are. They are. Let's talk about um, the Patriots side, and then I think we can uh, – uh, Move on to a couple quick thoughts on the on the Super Bowl and uh, is, Tom Tom terrific Tom terrific throwing the lacrosse players and uh, and ex um, small liberal arts school quarterbacks uh, Jesus Christ I mean how in the hell is the, where, the way that they're able what's a healthy scratch is Michael Floyd a guy that I thought was gonna be a great X factor for them going into the season. Obviously, he dropped a pass and went off his fingers and got an interception the week before. That's a no-no in Belichick's land. Uh, but just to see those two little white guys to make him, and actually Hogan's not that little, um, doing that kind of damage just shows you just what an ace Brady is. And just, it really doesn't matter. Over the course of like the last 14, 15 years, think about how marginal Tony, uh, Troy Brown was. Think about, other than Randy Moss, uh, they really have never, it just doesn't matter. They don't need that alpha dog player at all. And you're sitting there and holding 180 yards and two touchdowns and looked like he was all world. 
you know, it's, 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 we're getting to that time in the NFL, and the Patriots started it. I, I don't know what's been taking everyone so long to catch up. You don't need that prototypical wide receiver anymore. You need, you need a quarterback who can manage a game, who can play lights out. Who can, you need wide receivers who can just run a simple route. Timing is everything. The Patriots have been making it work. And I'm finally glad, speaking of Chris Hogan, I'm glad that Julio Jones finally got on this level last week. So uh, it's, you know, studs being studs. And uh, Hogan, you know, Hogan's, uh, I, you know, I'm just kind of joking at the, uh, the, the, the recency bias. You know, Patriots fans are like, Chris Hogan's the next coming, man. We got him, you know. 101 overall. Let's go. Yeah, and then and then other people, Patriot haters, are like Tom Brady. It was, I think you retweeted Tom Brady's a, a, just a system quarterback. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter if he was on any other team. It's just like, come on. Uh, but there's so much hate, hate for the Patriots for good reason. Let's be honest. They have cheated. They have done. They've stretched the limits of what they're allowed to do. And I, I, there's no question about it. I think you know Brady is coming off the first four games. Last year we thought he'd be pissed because of all the deflate gate of the offseason. Didn't end up missing a game. This year he did miss those four, and you know everyone's worried he's going to take the lead by storm. I think he made, they were one play on that two point conversion away last year against Denver, and Denver went on to win it. I think uh, they're not going to screw this up. Uh, going to their seventh Super Bowl. What was the number? It was it thirteen? Um, something like thirteen AFC championship games that he, they were in. I think they've had 11 appearances, though. Um, it was 11 appearances? It, it, it could I, have been. The I, stat I, that I read was that they, they have – Tom Brady has more than every team – he has more AFC championship games that he's appeared in than almost every – than every NFL team but, like, five. Sounds about right to me. <laughs> even more, I think, than, than, than the Dallas Cowboys, who have won four championships. Yeah. I'm um, not even a Patriots fan, you know, but – you see greatness, and, yeah, you know, and it's, it's so easy to hate the guy because he's so damn good. So damn good looking. His wife's oh, so hot. Cool. He's so rich. This guy's just <laughs> got it all. I mean, there's not a dude in the world that wouldn't, in a minute, be like, "Yeah, I'll switch, I would switch my life with that guy." <laughs> no one wears Uggs quite like Tom Brady. <laughs> so you haven't seen me wear him. <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, talking about Tom, you know, he's got. Just a lot of different weapons. And we saw him use pretty much all of them. Martellus Bennett got involved. We saw the blow-up explosion game from Chris Hogan. Um, you know, Danny Amendola caught some passes. You know, Edelman's numbers were pretty awesome on their own. Like, he, he just spread the ball around. It just proved that you can't play that two-zone coverage against Tom Brady. Or else he will eat you alive. You've got to be aggressive. And... And it's not even the blitz, because he destroys the blitz, too. You have to get pressure up the middle, or else you can't, you know, affect Tom Brady. So, we'll see how sort of Quinn, you know, plans to stop that. He was the defensive coordinator a couple years ago in that last sort of Super Bowl game. We'll see if that changes. I'm excited to see what Quinn pulls out. Um... When we saw all these other running backs, Garrett Blunt again, sort of got the lead. But the Pittsburgh Steelers were better against the run last week than they were pretty much at any point in the season. They really focused on stopping it. Unfortunately, they couldn't stop Tom. So it's just a lot of different things that happened in that game. And, and the chess match was clearly won by Belichick and, and you know the fighting Patriots and the fighting Bradys and the fighting Edelmans and whatever. Well, we can call them the fighting white guys because it's a bunch of just... Little dudes running around. A whole bunch of gym rats. Yeah. They're, they're shifty. They're shifty. <laughs> uh, 
But I'm, I'm excited to see this game. I mean, looking ahead to the Super Bowl, uh, can't I mean, the Patriots' defense, it looks like it's so much better than the Falcons. When you look at the numbers, they all say, you know, this is one of the best defenses in the league, number one in points allowed. But Ben Roethlisberger was pretty much the best quarterback they played all season. They played him without, you know, Le'Veon Bell last week. So, you know, we'll see how that works. But literally, they haven't played a quarterback all goddamn year that was any good. Um, That's been the storyline lately. Everyone's trying to put down the Patriots any way they can. To be like, oh, these are the, you know, the quarterbacks the Patriots played in the last year. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, you, if you have to, you know, get to that, that statistic and that analysis to figure out why the Patriots might lose, the, the Patriots must be doing pretty damn well. And, you know, I, you mentioned the defense, the Patriots' defense. You know, who would have ever thought this was happening, you know, at the beginning of the season? Um, they, uh, they got, you know, Jamie Collins has uh, is, is been gone. You know, they, you know, they got rid of some guys, and they are, they are putting on the pressure on both sides, you know, front-line uh, defensive backs. The linebackers are playing playing well enough to really stop the first down and all that stuff. Like, it, it literally looks like the Patriots are trolling people <laughs> right. who they're throwing out. You can just look at the names. You know, Bears former first-round pick Shane McClellan, Lions former second-round pick uh, Van Waugh. You know, you look at Eric Rowe, the second-round pick out of Utah. Rowe's been playing great, man. And just all these guys have been impact players. And it's just crazy how good they are at coaching and you know, scheming and playing the guys' strengths and knowing what their scheme is and finding guys that can play it. So that, that's just the exercise. It's almost unfair. And then they can cheat on top of it. It makes it makes it. They got the cheat codes. It's 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 unbeatable. Up, down down. Yeah yeah. Um, you know, see. So I'm hoping that we get in the Super Bowl. I hope we get the shootout that we were promised last week. Am I right? You know, at the same time, I think these defenses are going to play really well too. So I have no idea what to expect. I, yeah, it's it's gonna be exciting. I wasn't there like one season four, like four or five years ago, where they actually didn't take a two week break and they went right to the Super Bowl. So it was only a one week wait, and then they had the Pro Bowl afterwards. Didn't they do that not too long ago? I don't know. Am I wrong? Am I dreaming this? Because I wish. That I, would be a I great think dream. they had to move the Pro Bowl one season because of like a something in Hawaii. But I don't remember them ever moving the Super Bowl because that's not something the NFL will do. It's not. It doesn't give them enough time to hype it. Even though if it were a week earlier, you still know it. You're still gonna take it off, and you're still gonna fucking rage with your friends all day. Whatever you're gonna do. <laughs> Definitely gonna rage with my friends. Um, cool. Anything else we want to do? Or should we do it a little higher level and talk about the Super Bowl? I want to point out one thing. Yeah. It, could the Super Bowl be the last chance we can see? Kyle Shanahan run that Falcons offense. I mean, I think so. I think it's definitely looking that way. But if I'm Shanahan, I just say, I, I like all these weapons. Like, I, I'd rather wait wait out the week and be like, okay, now we'll uh, we'll see what's happening. I'd much rather take a job like with the Colts. Like, right. just fire Pagano and like I've got Andrew Luck now, and now I've got you know Ty Hilton and some actual weapons. Rather, you might get all the power there. You know, in San Francisco, but it's going to be a long rebuild. I, if I were him, I'm just waiting. I, I've got all the power. It, it, that you're talking about Shanahan. What, do you think the other rumor that's running around that uh, Chip Kelly it would be his replacement down there if he if he leaves? Think could you see that happening? Why not? Absolutely. You know, the thing that uh, Chip Kelly, the whole 
head coach and GM Chip Kelly is the Chip Kelly that people you know, <laughs> don't work. It, it won't work. They, they dislike. Chip Kelly can coach some ball. He can, he can run an offense. We know he can. Yeah. We've seen it, you know, but, you know. I mean, who don't the hell has the power. he had? Who the hell has he had, realistically, in the NFL to coach up on the offensive side of the ball and look at their offensive numbers? Yeah. yeah, he oversteps his bounds, but he can coach some offense, that's for sure. I think he would probably still actually be in, and I'll make this quick, we'll make it about Chip Kelly, but he, he could still be in Philadelphia. It's, it's kind of just like, um, you know, I won't go into Trump, but it's kind of like he makes such drastic moves, and he made always like cutting, getting rid of Deshaun Jackson. and get, He makes such drastic moves that he puts the, the beam and the light on himself even brighter. Where it's just like if he had just kind of just coached and kept the team there and didn't make all these kind of crazy moves. McCoy got rid of over there as well. I mean, if he hadn't done that, he'd probably still be around. And it's just whenever you make these crazy, not crazy, but just real bold moves, um, you know, it, 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 it makes everything a little bigger and people are kind of second-guessing you harder and it makes it harder for you. So um, let's go into the Super Bowl and talk a little bit about it. Not, you know, let's not go crazy because, as we said, we'll, we'll have a, a good good segment on it next week and I don't want us to uh, use up all our goodness here. But, um, you know, is there anything that you're uh, looking forward to, either of you guys looking forward to seeing in this game that uh, you think will be telling? Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm looking forward to see the Falcons win their first Super Bowl. I'm, I'm looking forward to see Matt Ryan get his ring. I want to see Julio Jones get his ring. At the same time, I would love to see Tom Brady fill that hand with Super Bowl rings. You know, cause... I don't even care about that. <laughs> I want to see. So you, I like, see well, the... you, you, you like you, you like to respect both teams in this. Instance. You have to. You know, when, when it comes to being unbiased, being a football fan, you know, and knowing that the hysteria and the suspension that went through New England, and to see them be here and just, like, walk over everyone. I know they had a kind of a cakewalk into the Super Bowl a little bit. I mean, that could be argued, but it's they, – they're proving people wrong, and that's fun. You know, if I was – if I were a fan of that team, it's the, being cocky about it is, you know, secretly in the way that they're doing it. Like you said, trolling people to be like, who are they playing on the field that are, is, you know, are playing as well as they are? That's fun football. For yeah. sure. I, and I, I, I agree with you. And this is one of the few Super Bowls uh, that I really just want a great game. And I'm going to be happy for Brady if he gets his. And they that franchise is able to plant themselves as the greatest dynasty ever. And I think... I think Brady's already made himself the go- he's the goat. He's the goat. Uh, but you'll still hear people out there arguing it. I think if you got five and there's one on each and one five of seven, which would be he's gone to the Super Bowl half of the seasons that he's been a, 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 a player. Uh, so I would like to see the goat, but at the same time, Julio, my favorite player, what a great example he does. He's a beast. He's a freak. He's just a good, humble dude. Why would I not want that guy to win it? And say, feel the same way about um, Matt Ryan. And uh, there's a great story that I read that uh, I'm spacing his name right now. What's the, um, the 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 GM for the Atlanta Falcons? He used to work Thomas Dimitrov. Yeah, Dimitrov. He used to work uh, with I'm pretty sure Belichick. Didn't he, isn't he an ex Patriots guy? I think that might be Scott Pioli, who's their assistant GM. Maybe okay, but, but they, they basically he he's he's tight with Belichick, and Dimitrov had asked for Belichick's advice when they traded up to get Julio. And the story is that I read that uh, Belichick's like, don't do it. 
You never want to give a lion's share, which it wasn't even really that much. It was, it was, what? It was two, only two first-rounders. Three. Was it three? I, yeah. I thought it was only two. Okay. <laughs> if it was three, that's much more. I thought it was only two. It was about six picks. I know that, but I thought two of them were okay. first-rounders. It was, it was two first-rounders and then, like, a second-rounder. But then they traded that other first-rounder back again okay. and got another first-rounder out of it. So, whatever you want to say. <laughs> but it was, it's hilarious that Belichick told him, and his advice is don't do it, hold on to those picks, blah, blah, I don't care how great of a player Julio, and what if Julio ends up, uh, you know, putting Crow and, and putting the pie on the face of Bill Belichick and be like, ah, that bastard, I was telling him not to do it just for this very reason, so that he wouldn't be, go, be used against me one day. Yeah, I, I guess Dimitrov was with the uh, Patriots before uh, going to the... For, uh, to the Falcons, but Scott Pioli is their assistant GM. He was the head guy in Kansas City for a while. Then when he got fired, he got he uh, came over, and they have put together a pretty solid squad. We saw that offensive line come together with the signing of Alex Mack. The question is, is he going to be healthy for the Super Bowl game? Because if he's not, you know, it's a totally different ball game in my opinion. He's the linchpin of that offensive line. He makes the calls. Uh, you never want to lose his starting center. And then his his job in the run game in a Shanahan system is so, so pivotal. And if he's not there, I don't know if they're going to have enough on the offensive line to stop uh, any of these guys up front or you know make those gash runs from Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman. So hopefully that ankle, he says he'll be there no matter what. You know, you got all this time to rest up after it. But yeah, but I also want to see how can Belichick take away Julio Jones, who's probably, when you look at all his skills, his speed mixed with his strength, mixed with his leaping ability and his size, that might be the, you know, if you were building a perfect wide receiver, he might look a lot like Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just the overall things that he could do. How can Belichick literally take away the best wide receiver talent-wise in football? He might not be the best route runner like Antonio, but we know he's the best physical specimen in the league. Absolutely. And like he's like the guys you brought up, they play they got feet. They can feature two tight ends. We've got these other wide receivers that are no uh, slouches, and you got that running that backfield is ridiculous. With Tevin Coleman, the, if they stay away from Julio at the beginning, and the, you know the Patriots are obviously going to put two guys on him and really kind of blanking him down, probably be just chucking him a lot at the line. I think that was something that I heard on uh, the NFL Network was uh, Marshall Falk uh, was talking about how when they played in the greatest uh, you know show on turf, but I think that was Belichick's first championship when. They were playing against the Rams. Basically, they just hit any time that Marshall Falk did anything, even if he wasn't in the play, he got destroyed. He was just getting absolutely demolished. And it was like, if he goes out to block, demolish him. If he goes out to try and catch a pass, demolish him. If he catches it in a rush, demolish him. Just hit this guy and make him so he doesn't want the ball by the second half. That's his game plan. So I think also the one thing with Julio that's so great is that he's not afraid to go across the middle. His best action is that across the middle route and any of his posts. And it's just when you got a guy that's not a diva and he's got that kind of um, spe- he's like you said a specimen, but he's not afraid to go across the middle. It's going to be tougher than I think uh, usual for Belichick to really take him out of the game. I hope that's the case because if they're if he's able to and Julio gets blanketed. Um, 
you know, I, I just think it's going to be hard for Atlanta to run this thing out the whole time. But at the end of the day, I think the tougher team is Atlanta, and I've never really said that about any team that the Patriots go against because Patriots are a real tough team from top to bottom. But right now in the NFL, the Atlanta from on both sides of the ball, are, are, and Quinn has just brought that toughness from Seattle uh, down there to Atlanta. They're the toughest team. They just bring it to it. That locker room speech that uh, Quinn gave after their victory uh, last week against the Patriots, just the brotherhood thing. These guys want it. These guys are there for each other, and... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm rooting for them. And I'm, you know how much I love Brady, and I actually like the Patriots. But screw it. I want Atlanta to get their first ring. And that's something important. Because uh, I was thinking when I was like, who's going to win this football game? Who do I want to win? It's really hard to root against Atlanta. It, it just, just everything that they've accomplished this year, seeing Matt Ryan go, you know, and get that MVP title. He possibly, you know, he really looks like he's going to get it right now, especially oh, yeah. after the win last week. I mean, I, I would be really surprised um, I mean, if they say it's Tom Brady, it's like, oh, surprise, surprise, shocker. But, I mean, I'm like... He won it with that exactly. game over Rodgers. Oh, I think he lights won it. out. And, uh... <sighs> yeah, it's hard to root against those hard guys. Against. Definitely hard to root against those guys. But there's also the little, I want to stick it to Roger Goodell, <laughs> you know, crew. It's like, I really want Brady to win just so... You know, Roger has to pony up that trophy, and there's, and there's a lot of different talk of, uh, from a lot of different people, especially the Pats fans, but they really want to see Goodell sort of eat crow for not understanding, you know, ideal gas law. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Goodell has been running away from watching the Patriots play for He's got to be year. there now. <laughs> yeah, no choice, buddy. Oh, no, I got, no choice. Got, got a family emergency. <laughs> yeah. It's funny the way this thing's worked. I feel bad for Pittsburgh. I feel bad for all fans, but uh, I work, I'm working with some guys that do work with the uh, Steelers, and luckily I'm getting to do some stuff with them too. And if they had, the Steelers had won, both of these guys that I'm working with were going to the Super Bowl. It was already told to them, like, hey, we'll got love tickets. We'll have tons of tickets for you guys. Uh, you're coming. Steelers lose. And I talked to the client today, and he's like, yeah, we're bummed out about that game. That kind of sucks. I really wanted to go down to Houston and party. Um, so, ain't happening this year. What do you guys think about uh, Houston and getting it and uh, having that, uh, what is it, energy stadium or whatever? They've been waiting for it. Hasn't, you know for like 10 years if you're going to get the Super Bowl, right? Haven't they known this for like 10 years? Just waiting, waiting, waiting? I think they're waiting. Like, I, th- I think it's like a few years out that they say, hey, in 2016 it's this team, 2017, 2018. I don't think it really goes out to 10 okay. years. So I think at most maybe five. Okay. But I, I could be completely making that up as well. Uh, you know, it's good good for the city of Houston. I uh, you know I had the chance to visit on a couple occasions. Um, it, I know I know Texans fans. You know, ever since that team was you know put together, a lot of these uh, fans that were almost forced to go with you know Dallas or just not even really care about football for a little while got their Houston team and. Got their stadium, got their fans, and things are starting to go really well for them. And uh, now they get to host a Super Bowl. It's kind of sad that you know their team couldn't host. Yeah. You know they couldn't host their own team. But uh, I, I think a Super Bowl in Houston is a really good place to have a Super Bowl, just based on the uh, you know the type of city that Houston is. Yeah, so. the only thing Houston's bummed out about in the world of football right now is they got uh, Brock. They got to figure out what to do there, but everything else. Is, you didn't call him broke right, ass. I, I was going to call him bro sack, broke ass wiper, but I'm going <laughs> to give him a little time. I'm going to I'm going to ease off him a little bit. Keep giving him enough grief all season, uh, but yeah, it's, it should be uh, it should be interesting. Anything else you guys are uh, looking forward to with the Super Bowl? You got anything that you're keeping an eye on, Stags, or should we uh, go to our next little bit? 
No, I'm just excited to see what color the Gatorade is, how long the national anthem takes. And Lady Gaga? Prop that. No, <laughs> she's doing the halftime. Who's doing the national anthem? Brian. Luke Bryan. Yeah, Luke Bryan. Little, uh, that guy. Um, <laughs> so you're, you're, are you a big prop better? Do you, do you go in on we'll, heavy we'll, on that stuff? We'll side? dabble in some. We'll are you, dabble in are some. Are you a squares guy? I, like I am squares. a squares guy. I, I don't know. i got to find a good one, though. I think last year, my luck is, is going to run up on squares. I think last year I won about 400 bucks, got all the big ones, and then the year before I got the last one, which was a couple hundred bucks. And it was just like, I remember last year I, was, I stopped at Burger Bar before I went, had like two mug club beers. So I was bombed by the time the game even started, really. <laughs> and I was like passed out, winning everything, and everyone hated my guts. <laughs> you shouldn't be winning. You're like, oh, you're just a fucking mess over there. Uh, but yeah, last the squares, I literally won like all the big ones. I, I literally think I won like 380 bucks. Nice. So let's hope that that happens again. Because I can use it because I didn't win any of my fantasy leagues and I paid out two people. One of my leagues is quite expensive. and I gave, <laughs> I gave him the check on Sunday and I handed it to him and I said, fuck you, prick. <laughs> Graceful in my loss. Um, all right, let's quickly talk about the Pro Bowl. You know, it's this elephant in the room. It's this terrible thing. You know, at least the All-Star game for um, the NBA is fun and people can go crazy and it's more of this one-on-one sport and dynamic. The All-Star game can be fun for um, baseball, even though now they're not going to have the winner depict uh, who gets this uh, home field advantage in the World Series. But those sports, it's like a better kind of the the All-Star game is cool. The Pro Bowl fucking blows. People bow out, people get injured, people just don't want to touch it, people are already injured, so they're like, screw it, I'm not doing it. Football's too much of a grueling sport, and it's it's worrisome, and, you know, guys like, and it's one of the things I'll talk about a little bit, guys like Tyler Eifert, I mean, that, this is the Pro Bowl last year, cost him his first handful of games this year, um, so I think it is, at some point... I think the Pro Bowl will disappear from this league. I think they're going to try and do something else. Remember when they did the uh, that flag football thing that ruined uh, what's his Edwards' career? They've done other kind of uh, what was that New England Patriots running back who they were playing flag sand flag football and he demolished his knee. But I think in general, I'll shut up. I'm babbling. The Pro Bowl. It, it kind of should just go. No one likes it. The fans don't even like it. The only people that like it are the people that live in friggin' Hawaii because finally they get some NFL now it's action. Now it's locked into Orlando. Is it? Is this year's in Orlando? Yes. Oh, my God. I thought Okay, I thought they did that last year and then they went back to... Okay, so it's back, It's still there. Okay, for some reason I thought it was still in They went back to Hawaii. So, all right, the Hawaiians don't even get anything, so no one gives a shit about this thing. Not even the players. I mean, they were like, oh... It used to be, hey, I got a trip to Hawaii. You're pumped up. You didn't yeah. want to bow out. You're like, a little vacation. You got a little bit of money, you know. But now it's just like you're just going to Florida, you know. Sorry for any Florida listeners, but you know what we're talking about, you know. <laughs> so, you, like you said, I mean, you if anyone can sell the Pro Bowl to you, D-Rex, you know, you, you hit every important thing on the head. You, you, we're not even getting the best of the best anymore, you know. Now, they start off super slow. It's almost like two-hand touch. They're real gentle with each other. Then, then you get the competition. But at that point, you already played your first, your best quarterback, and you're like your second best quarterback. So, you know. But they still want to win. Come like the third and fourth quarter. But it's just a weird feeling, especially right before the Super Bowl. And you know, you want it after when you can have these guys maybe celebrate, play some football. But if the Pro Bowl is going to survive, like you're saying, you know, it's it's. The, the players don't want it. Yeah. You know, of course the owners want it. You know, 
one way or another, but it's it's, it's a mess. And uh, maybe one day there will be virtual reality where they can just have virtual reality guys, and they're actually playing themselves. Skills because they tried all these they tried all these gimmicks lately too. They're not doing it this year. I'm pretty sure. Remember, it was no, like, they're doing dodgeball, and they're doing a bunch of different. But, but, but no, but I was talking more. They're not doing like the Jerry Rice and or Michael Irving drafting that stupid yeah. thing. That okay, that brought another element. Like then it was like kind of like fantasy football, and like they tried all this stuff, and it's just like guys. I don't care if you if you spray paint a turd gold, it's still a turd. And the Pro Bowl is a turd. And in, in the NFL, there's not many things that are stinkers, and this is one of them. So, I used when I was a kid, I, and I had baseball cards. I would love it. I love the uniform, seeing Jerry Rice and seeing Andre Reed and seeing all these guys. It was awesome. Maybe it's still that way for the kids, um, but. In general, I do not watch the Pro Bowl. I can't remember watching. I think one time I was baked and lazy, and it was on TV, and I stuck on it a few years ago. But over the last like eight years, I don't think I've I've watched it. And we know because we do the site, we watch every fucking game. Um, so that's that's my take on the Pro Bowl. I mean, there are some things I do like, like when a guy like Jordan Howard gets his first Pro Bowl nod, you know, after being the first alternate. But then there's the opposite, where Andy Dalton, you know, is in the Pro Bowl, and then they're asking Trevor Simeon to be in the Pro Bowl, and, you know, he's like, oh, no, we're good. Like, Trevor Simeon's, what, the 12th best quarterback in the NFC? <laughs> Maybe? Maybe the 14th? Like, it's not good. Uh, so they're asking these guys who don't belong there to be there. But the reasons I really don't think that the Pro Bowl is going to disappear, because... You know, you think about it, it's like, oh, he's a Pro Bowler ten times in his career. Yeah. It's one of those Hall of Fame measuring sticks. And it sort of always will be. It's like, oh, he's named the Pro Bowl, you know, ten different times in his career. You know, he, he's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. And the, the one of, I don't know if the measuring stick like that can disappear. Because we know if you're a multiple three-year sort of all-pro yeah, you're probably on your way to being a Hall of Famer, but All-Pro is super exclusive. You know, there's, what, two teams of All-Pro? And then outside of that, you know, you're, you're left for dead. You're one of the two best players <laughs> at your position. Dead. Two best players at your position? That can be tough any given year. Well, one of what's funny also is there's always the guys that, you know, that kind of like you said, like a Simeon, whose contract isn't very big, but more so maybe like a defense line guy or a safety or something, that actually doesn't have the huge contract. Obviously it means something for him because the winners uh, the winners of the game make 55000 um, no, since 2015, yeah, 55000 goes to the winners and 28000 goes to each of the players on the losing team. So there's like some guys out there like, okay, I want twenty three grand right now. I'm, I'll take this guy's knee out for twenty three grand. Oh, I want that Camaro. I'll resell that thing at a used car shop. I'll get another twenty grand. I want that. There's always like that one guy that like you're sitting at the park like, dude, we're just playing Sunday hoops, and the other guy's like slapping you on every play, trying to block everything and doing like trying to go for the triple double, and you're like, hey Westbrook, calm down, buddy. We're just we're thirty eight year olds just trying to play some hoops. And by the way, 38 would have been about five years ago or something for me. Nice. Like the way I tried to get under the, that 40 mark. Yeah, that was smooth. Uh, other things I like about the Pro Bowl, the occasional plays. Like looking back from 10 years ago and looking at Sean Taylor just destroying a fucking punter. 
And it, it just, <laughs> it just brings fucking uh, a smile to my goddamn face. <laughs> it's like, there, there's so many plays that could happen, and you're looking for one of these stars of stars to make a play. So, I'm just hoping there's a couple plays. Like, because I'm not going to watch a game, but, you know, it'll scroll past on Sports Center once, and I'll be like, oh, this is what happened. That's fucking excellent. I love that. <laughs> you know, with these players making plays, what we need to think about is these, these coordinators, they want to have fun too. These coaches, they want to have fun. Because think about it, they've been actually game planning to legitimately play a football game, win it. You know, it means so much. But now they can be like, let's open up the playbook. Let me, uh, let me pull out my, uh, let's my call sketches. Plays, let's yeah. call plays like the Patriots do in the regular <laughs> season and run the flea flicker five times a game. It's like, okay, this is cool. I like to see the creativity you know, on the offensive side of the ball. And that's one of the things I'm also looking forward to in the Super Bowl. Because I think both teams have creative enough offensive minds to where they're going to have some you know, trickeration and some different unique plays that, that are just going to be fun to watch and see how the defenses can react to that. Cool. Um, all right. I think we're good on that. If there's anything else you guys got, forever hold your peace. All right, well, let's move on to uh, this next segment we're going to do. Before we do so, though, uh, do us a favor and listen to this. All right, the next segment we're going to do is some review of the 2016 season. As we told you on previous shows, during these playoff weeks and um, leading up to the Super Bowl, maybe a couple shows there after the Super Bowl, we're trying to audit, look back on 2016 while it's fresh and hot on our minds, Try and decide what we, where we made the great calls, where we made bad decisions, but even to get outside of ourselves and have out-of-body experiences, evaluating our own team. Well, deep stuff. Our, evaluating our own team, but looking at your leagues. Look at who's doing the best in your leagues. Look at um, what the guy that won your league. What did he do? What, 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 what moves did he make through the season? What draft approach did he do that got him to hoist the trophy at the end? And we here at Pyro think it's unbelievably crucial to learn from your mistakes, double down on your uh, on the things that you did great, and the only way to do that is truly do a review of your most recent season, and even go back to the previous season um, and see what goes on, because there's some gems that fall off, but then come right back into the fray, and just had one down moment. So, uh, this kind of uh, little segment here, uh, I'm just going to spit fire and ask a, a handful of questions uh, that we kind of, you know, pre uh, pre Determined oh, before. Come down, come down. You're gonna think people make. You're gonna make people think we plan this. <laughs> <laughs> we plan it kind of half-assed. We plan it the same way. You know, when you go to the the, the, the convenience store to buy rubbers, when you have no uh, no no one to bang even. <laughs> you plan it just. You're like someday. And no money. You know, so. <laughs> someday I'm gonna use this thing, and hopefully it's still gonna be workable. Um, well, hopefully it didn't expire in my wallet from when I was 14. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, I'm gonna just not even joke. I threw away like a box of condoms within the last two years. So I was like, these things are so friggin' old. And I told myself, I was like, you just like bareback. But the truth is, I just don't get laid very often. Uh, <laughs> but let's go on the first question uh, here. First little uh, thing to discuss through is, uh, for 2016, what were a, a few of, or let's say, what were the, the biggest mistakes that you made each of you, and we'll kind of just spit fire and throw some things out that you made personally this season that uh, really that really cost you, that really hurt your chances in fantasy football. Uh, either one of you guys can go first. I think going all in on the Houston Texans was one of the biggest mistakes I made. 
Huh? I, I don't think it has anything to do. You did. With, you with, did go all in on those guys. I don't think it had anything to do with just the Houston Texans. I think it had more to do with a team never really playing together in every sort of piece being new. The quarterback being new. The running back being new. You know, uh, new pieces along the offensive line. And I think it was just too much, you know, new and instability and change from previous seasons that, you know, sort of got me, look, I mean, all the pieces looked like they fit together great. But, you know, without seeing it, it's hard to go all in. So, you know, if there's one of these sort of super teams being built that gets a lot of different pieces next year, I'm going to be a little bit more skeptical. You know, I'm going to spend lower capital on them. And, you know, I'll let somebody else take the chance on potential free agent changing teams. What do you think the reason um, it will, you know, we'll focus in on Houston, but then, you know, there's parallels between other teams because they obviously brought in the the big high-priced free agents and change. But what do you think was the biggest reason that the big fantasy guys didn't gel or didn't connect or didn't hit for you guys. Quarterback. Well, so quarterback. You, you, you're putting it all on, 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 on broke. I mean, yeah, because we, the re, when you looked at it, you're like, well, they were able to do this with this. And we thought Brock was comparable, if not, you know, maybe a little bit better than Brian Hoyer. But it proved out he was not. So, you know, <laughs> you're making that change in, in your mind to where, you know, if you could do this with this and you're running the transitive property and, like, Demarius Thomas was fine with uh, Brock in, in Denver and so was Emmanuel Sanders. It's like, he could support multiple receivers, and you know, but things just aren't the same. Learning the system and learning, you know, about your offensive line and learning about how they block and learning about how your receivers each run routes. Too much change can be problematic. You know, uh, real quick, hitting on, the, you know, the Texans there, it was kind of hard for us to avoid that situation. You know, we were ready for Lamar Miller. I mean, we were ready for him, you know, since he left Miami. And going into Houston and, you know, we had Foster out. You know, it was – it was all we had to worry about was what, Alfred Ballou at the time? Or, and or we what? know how bad sure, Alfred Ballou absolutely. is. <laughs> and, and then the fact that they gave Brock so much money, we're like, okay – it's going to happen. I mean, they, they, they believe in him. This 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 is going to be a thing, guys. And man, you know, I I can't. I I can see a lot of people doing the same situation as you. I actually uh, managed to avoid a lot of Hopkins. I, I did have quite a bit of uh, Miller in some of my lineups, but it it had to have been a go-to approach, especially for the value that they were both going for. I know? mean, Miller wasn't a killer. He was you know good enough, but he didn't give you that sort of Arian Foster type of upside you thought you might have had. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I remember I was a little worried about Houston, but I, I still loved Hopkins. I thought Hopkins was going to keep on stepping it up and get to that, climb his way into the elite, uh, especially after the season he had the previous one. But I think you're smart. I think stay, find, letting teams gel when there are new franchises that bring in a lot of talent – Going all in on them probably isn't the greatest idea. You got to see it, eye test. You got to see it firsthand. How do these guys come together? Um, so good one. What do you? What's one uh, for you uh, that got you to, uh, that really hurt you this year? A mistake. You know, when you start getting into player 
evaluations and really just like doing all your off-season prep and you get real big on guys, real high on guys and you're like, okay, I know that I'm higher on these guys than consensus, but then you get some guys where you're like, I, 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 don't, I don't see what you guys are, are talking about. I, uh, you know, and then you just kind of, you trust yourself. And, but then there has to be a point where you need to be like, everyone can't be wrong. Granted, they can be. We've seen it before, but it's like, should I give this another look? But sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, no, nah, right, this, this dude, this dude sucks. You guys are all wrong. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, haha, I told you so at the end. Like but Geronimo the- Allison. He <laughs> sucks. <laughs> no, yeah, like, like, like Allison. No, but there's certain situations. Uh, we had two rookies this year that I, I, I couldn't buy into. And I know a lot of people may have not seen it come, uh, may not have seen it coming. But a lot of people did, and I didn't give guys like uh, Michael Thomas enough credit because I was so rightfully high on Cook still, and you know, and I, I thought Snead was doing his thing, and I was just like, you know, Michael Thomas, I think he's a little overrated. He's got that alma mater, you know, he's got the OSU thing going on, and I think it's just maybe just a little, little too hyped. We've seen it time and time again where this big college receiver gets some good draft capital. And he gets put in the perfect situation in the New Orleans offense, and I was, I was like, this isn't gonna work out. There's, you know, they got guys already, and he, he got it to work, yeah. you know. And at the same time, Jordan Howard, you know, I, I, I know you guys as Bears fans would have hoped for something like that, but you couldn't not have seen him get as many yards and touches probably as he did. I, I wasn't. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that uh, a year or you know. Ten months ago, after we drafted him, that I was uh, I was excited. You know, I'd seen some of the his highlight reel from Indiana, but I agree with you. You know, I, I did not. I thought they were going to be all, still uh, happy with Langford. I think the Langford injury obviously opened a door that we didn't know was going to be there. But um, yeah, that, pleasantly surprised with Jordan Howard. Not going to sit here and tell you I told you so. So I agree with you. You know, but I do know guys that were big on Howard, and I, you know, and they kept telling me like, "No, man, Howard." But then I'm like, "You're just, uh, you're, uh, you're a fanboy. You're, you're, you're biased." But at the same time, I was the one being biased against him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and you mentioned the injury to Langford, and another guy that actually brought up who managed to play very well for at least three games was JHI. And I, I just never ever liked the guy, and I couldn't get into liking him. And the fact that Arian Foster was. You know, in you know, there at the time, and I'm like, I should have known the Foster thing wasn't going to work out, but I figured the situation would have been there enough for Foster to make Ajayi irrelevant. Can I? One of mine that I have listed here is buying into Arian Foster and that change. And Staggs was against it. He was saying this is not an injury. The the Achilles is not an injury you're able to come back from. But I just, I'm a Arian Foster. I thought he had one last push in him. So I'm with you on that. And when I'm buying into Jai, I mean Foster, it means that I'm jumping out of uh, bed with J.H.I. And J.H.I. is a guy that we talked about a lot uh, since he got drafted. as a guy that's just... Is a stud other than this worn knee and, and having some health issues on his knee, uh, and just in general, um, not being able to prove that he can, is he going to be able to be able to take that wear and tear. So I'm right there with you. Um, and also, I think 
I didn't know what Gase was going to bring to the table. Uh, so I, I think maybe it's a good move where I – now we know it. So maybe it's too late. You're not going to get a giant at a value. Uh, and he's probably going to get overdrafted. And I'm not going down that route, I don't believe. Uh, but I'm totally with you. I bought into the Foster dealio, and I shouldn't. He was, he was injured, barely, didn't even come into camp until after it started, was handed the starting job without much proving just because of name value, and, and, and I'm not happy, being very happy with what they had. So, uh, but that costs you because when J.H.I., I, he wasn't even drafted in my league, but when he was available and had a couple big games, I was still, even after Foster retired, still I had this preconceived notion at the beginning of the season that I should stay away from this guy for some reason, and it ended up costing me. You know, but the price of Foster for a few months in the offseason, you know, doing a lot of dynasty leagues, I, I'll draft as early as February. It's, it's ridiculous, you know, but there was, a perf- there, there was a time when his value was just like, I can't pass that up, and then you start buying into it, and then everyone just tries to kind of reach for him and reach for him, and his ADP kept rising. There was a point where there was actually really close to the season. He was more than a Ajayi because everyone bought into the, the fact that, okay, consensus, like I was saying earlier, can't, can't be completely wrong, can't be more wrong than right. I'm going to buy into two. And then, you know, there goes the domino effect of Foster's price rising, everyone buying into the fact that Foster's going to be that guy and that everyone's lost faith in the giant. The faith in the giant, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I haven't lost faith in a Valverde. Oh, yeah, double down, party time. It tastes so good when it hits the lips. We're audio list without Dini. Um, you guys didn't teach me that one. <laughs> just happens uh, from time to time. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, good times all around. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that, that's one that I, I think I'll go um, with one of the ones that burned me a bit. And it didn't burn me too bad because I wasn't going too high. But as you guys know, um, that listen to us a lot, I was, um, I was all up for going for uh, Steven Goskowski. Um, a little bit higher, you know, the, uh, my brothers here at Pyro are like, don't take a quarterback, a kicker until your last two rounds. Maybe, maybe a little bit earlier if you love someone and the value's not there, but don't, you can wait and you can wait. And I was like, you know what, I'm going, I'm, I'm one of my beliefs and we'll talk about it a little bit later. It's still the same belief. I want a tier one guy in any position I can have it. And he's a guy that for the previous, I believe, four or five seasons, Scored 150 points, you know, and he's just he's just as consistent as you can you can get. And I just wanted that number one guy, or at worst, he would top finish top three. Uh, he ended up finishing ninth, missing. Uh, oh, he got all his no missing extra, three extra points, which is problematic. I don't think he had missed any extra points previous three seasons. Uh, his field goal attempts were down. He was missing them. So that is one thing that I'm not saying that I'm off of going a little higher and being one of the guys, first people to grab a kicker. Um, but uh, this season, I'm not just all of a sudden going to change and change my tune and be a, a last round or two guy on that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I went that route. I was all in on that a- action, and it, it, didn't, it didn't really pay off for me because obviously, you know, Every other guy, there's eight guys ahead of him that, that yeah. could have waited till the last round. Probably even a number of them. Uh, Lutz, rookie, and Santos. These guys weren't even drafted, so there was available top ten guys, top five guys that were waiver wire pickups. And one of the reasons we're always saying not to do that is opportunity cost. Who are you missing out on when you're drafting them? So now, when you do your audit, what you're going to do is you're going to look at Stephen Goskowski's game. And you're going to look at all the guys you didn't draft. You're going to be like, 
how did I draft Steven Gaskowski over this guy? Yep. And that's the decision you're going to have to make with yourself and figure out where you're comfortable going with a guy like that in the future. I think in a lot, in most cases, Gaskowski's 127 points were going to outshine most of the guys that would have gotten there. But you're right, there's definitely outliers and opportunities missed. Um, but at the end of the day, I just thought he, I thought he was a lock at 150, and I just wanted that. I wanted that 10, um, nearly 10 points a week, uh, and didn't get it. So uh, that's that's one of mine. Uh, Stags, what's another one of your uh, biggest mistakes of 2016? I think I was slow to move on the waiver wire on some guys, like the Jordan Howards, uh, even like Jay Ajayi. I was probably slow to come around to thinking that they're going to be more than they were. And there were some guys that I was slow to move because I knew I would never move on them, like Rob Kelly. You know, I just didn't like that situation at all from a perspective of at the halfway point, seeing the rest of their schedule. I wanted nothing to do with Rob Kelly. And that means I missed out on one big game, and I'm fine with that. But... You know, other guys who were constant sort you of... You definitely told me, you're like, moving. Look at that guy's schedule. We, we talked about that on the show about week, probably week seven. Or you're like, hey, right after you had a big one, you're like, we're selling high, selling high. This guy's got terrible times ahead of him. And uh, I didn't sell him. I actually had to play him a lot. Uh, I'm in rookie leagues, and in one league I had to play him. But uh, should have listened to you. I mean, you got some return, and he got you the 50 yards a game or whatever. You got you those sort of... Middling performances, but other guys, you know, like Bilal Powell, I wasn't ready to right. sort of jump on just because I was. I still don't think Bilal Powell's that talented. Whatever, whatever the hell we saw in those last couple games, I don't think that was Bilal Powell playing running back because <laughs> I have never seen that from him before in his career. And it, it, like, it's utterly confusing. But but then there was a case. There was cases where you know you jump on guys on the waiver wire and you jump on the wrong ones like you know thinking Devontae Booker was going to be that guy or Christine Michael before the season and while he had a great sort of run you know it ended and so and the flip side of that is I was in leagues where guys took Rawls high Uh, you know Rawls was a draft was was a shockingly high drafted player I was like Jesus, he was still injured, and he took him forever to come back. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that was a tough one. You got anything else um, that you want to you want to go yeah. into? To uh, to piggyback on us uh, uh, stag parties, there is uh, waivers. I you get to a point where you want to keep joining more leagues, and you know, with that, you start having to manage more teams. And I got to a point where I didn't prioritize waivers properly. You know, I did one of those those rookie mistakes on not paying enough attention to my waiver wire. There'd be leagues I'd be like, no, I'm good here. I'm not even going to bother putting in my claims. It's, it's just too much work to do across all my leagues. I did it for, like, my, my favorite leagues, I guess. But every league should be your favorite league. You should, you know, try to win every league. Uh, there were leagues that I was not as active in and kind of – you know, disregarded the waiver wire a little bit much. And, you know, I didn't win those leagues. And it all comes down to, A, you know, not enough uh, waiver, you know, movement, B, not making enough trades at the same time. So I think I, there were certain leagues, if, if one of my biggest mistakes is not being as involved. And uh, that kind of taught me that, hey, don't overdo it, you know, 
there's there's uh, other guys that want to play in that league too. Oh, so, so. You, you think that's that's a good that's a good call because that's actually something that I'm going to talk about. Um, and it's one of the things that I've learned that I want to do in this off season, preparing for next year, is literally, and I'll just put it out now while we're talking. About, I'm leaving two leagues. You know, now that we're doing, uh, we do a couple extra, now we're in the Blog Talk Radio League, and that's one that I really want to win, because it's against our contemporaries, and it's against guys you know on Twitter and names you hear. Um, we didn't win. We came in third. We got kind of smoked by a, a team that, uh, you know, it's a two-week playoff, but long and short, um, I'm going to cut out two leagues, and I think that you're kind of saying the same thing. If you can't give your all, and you can't, uh, you know, manage your team and do it, and you're doing too many leagues... Maybe it's a good move to uh, pull back a little bit. Yeah, there's a lot of leagues I'm really committed to, but I think how many leagues are you in? <laughs> I have a feeling you're. He's gonna be Houdini. I have a feeling we're, how many off the top of your head? Ball, ballpark. <laughs> it's gonna be at least eight dynasty leagues, eight to ten. <laughs> he's gonna, uh, we got a Houdini. I, I am in at least a keeper league. I don't even know how many redrafts we're gonna do this, this year, but it's because they just I'm, I'm at the point where I'm just doing redrafts as they're being, you know. When my friends are like, hey, we're in a league, I'm like, of course, man, I'm going to kill you guys, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a pro, and then I, I never win those friends leagues, I don't know what it is, but I'll, I'll win all these other leagues, and against industry standard people, you know, yeah. quote unquote, and it's like, you know, who's a real pro here, you know, like, I got, <laughs> you, you start overthinking it, and these guys are just playing basic safe ball, and they're doing the waiver wire, they're, you know, they're, they're they got their Mel Kuyper uh, magazine, and they got, they're, they're reading, you know, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew Barry's, uh, uh, hints and they're winning, you know. Love, so love, like, <laughs> yeah. driving their fantasy teams. So uh, you know, but uh, Barry's hit rates a little better than some of my you know redraft leagues this year. But at the same time, I'm actually going to hold off on joining new leagues. There, there are a few. They're like, hey man, uh, got a great league we're setting up with awesome people. You know, you're you're already in this one. You want to do this one too? And at first, I'm like, yeah. You know what? I don't want to let you down in three years. I don't want to back out because at the yeah. Joining dynasty leagues, you really have to stay committed for yeah. almost indefinitely. You know, because <laughs> no one ever says, "Yeah, I'm good for three years." It's one of those things where you're just committing for as long as the league, you know, is around. And some of these guys, you know, aren't leagues that last a long time. And you also don't want to be that guy that leaves leagues because then you're just going to be that guy. Yeah, you know, and that's so, tough in those dynasty. So when all I'm, of a sudden, an opening happens. Like, what do you do with the players? What? Yes. Somebody handed his players, or you got does that guy go on the open market? It's kind of a stain on on, on the people that, that that jump ship. And the thing about dynasty is, though, you always want to do another startup. You're like, <laughs> I, I want I want to draft again. That's the best part. You, <laughs> you want to build. We like to build. We don't like to maintain. Yeah, it's like fuck. I want to draft right now. Let's go. Let's go. But you also you don't want to do just the rookie draft. You want to see if Mike Evans is the number one overall pick, or if it's still Odell Beckham. And you want to see all those sort of intricacies of a dynasty startup. But you don't want to really maintain it after. But you you know you want to be there for that point, and that, that's something to definitely keep in mind. Maintaining can be fun, depending on you have to be smart about the leagues you join too, because some leagues can be a blast, especially if you have active owners. I hate those. Le- I had to step away from the leagues where it'd be like just quiet all through the season. Yeah. You get a trade here and there, but like no one talks. I'm yeah. like, guys, yeah. I ain't feeling it. <laughs> Thanks for the money, because you know I got in the second one. I'm like, I'm out. 
you yeah. know, sorry, no, no offense, but it's just, it ain't my thing, and you guys can probably see what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I, feel, I feel you on that one. I'm thinking, I'm on the verge, I'm probably going to stay in it, but I'm on the verge of leaving my oldest league, a league that I helped form from 88 we've been doing it. Uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, but it's just not fun anymore. Everyone's getting older, now people have kids, a lot of the original guys have left, new people are in. Uh, most of the leagues, uh, they all live up north. I'm here. We used to watch football together. Uh, I used to feel like more up for even going and watching it at Champs up north and like meeting them and, and doing it. And it just doesn't really happen. So, and then there's, there's this is almost the opposite of what you're saying. So I guess I feel like kind of a dick here, but their thread is so crazy that there, there's that I just can't deal with it. I'll pop in every once in a while, but I gotta like sleep on this one and like mute this thread because. Literally, I'll be at the office, and if my text notice is on, it's at the office, like, ding, 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 And people at the office are like, dude, what the fuck's going on there? Are you playing pinball? And I just have to, like, mute it, and it's just too much. So it's kind of the opposite in the silence. It's too overwhelming, to be honest. But I'm thinking about leaving it. I, I probably won't because I just... Um, you know, I got the trophy sitting right there that I got. I won it last year. I got to give it to the owner that won it this year. We're meeting up early February so I can give him over the uh, the Walter Payton Award. Um, but it's just, it's just one of those things where, I, you know, it might just be better to pull back and we'll see. You uh, passion for it. I, it's just not, it's just not, yeah. I, I love two of my leagues a lot, so it's just kind of this one. I feel bad that I don't love it as much. So we'll see. I'll probably still keep doing it. Uh, just and I didn't ha I didn't have a good year. Everyone like I drafted my my first five picks were all fucking just like gone for the season. It was it was brutal. Um, but one of the things that I that really hurt me this year it, it, it's in the same vein. That, so we'll just continue on with it. Waiver wire. My, I'd say my big mistake, and I don't know what your reasons were on some of your waiver wire um, you know issues, but for me, I wanted to hold that waiver wire one slot. A little too much, and I want—I was just like sitting there, and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna hold the one spot this week. This week, there's not the guy that I really covet. So something could happen this week, and next week, I'm gonna have you know the best pickup of the year." And I kept like kind of doing that throughout. It's probably similar to what both you guys are saying, like week four, and then finally, Sammy Coates does the blow-up job that he had, had that huge game, and I got the waiver wire, and I waited and passed up, like, Jordan Howard's, and, and that's in a rookie league, he was available in waiver wire stuff, that shows you how down people were on him, um, thinking that he was going to perform, because every rookie's friggin' drafted in these leagues, it's a deep draft well, and you got to start a rookie, so you'd think that a, a guy like him would get picked. Wow. He was like literally like a week three waiver wire in this league. So I ended up taking Sammy Coates, who literally first play, I think, of the next game, breaks his finger. I don't think he had more than five catches the rest of the season. Um, and that just makes you think. Where I, when I made that pick, I was like, oh, yeah, Sammy Coates, this is the new Mark Davis Bryant. I'm a genius. I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. And then three weeks later, you're like, Fuck's sake, I missed out on Ajay, I missed out on Howard, I missed out on all these guys, and I thought I had the, the golden the golden um, uh, crown here, and I, I, I don't have shit. So that's kind of in the same vein. I think what I need to do more is be willing to give up that waiver wire spot. It moves fast. 
You know, it's not like when you move, let's say you're in a 10-man league, you, you use your, in week three, you use your pick, you're probably going to be back up to number one if you're not picking someone up every week within the next two or three weeks. So it's not like so important to hold that slot. Even then, you might get get to number two behind the guy who's hanging on. Yeah. And he's not a guy who's totally. picking anybody up. And you've got the de facto number one and just because he's waiting for that guy like you were. Uh, so... I think you got to be willing to give up on it and take a shot on a guy that you sort of believe in. And, you know, like the Jordan Howard, who, even if it's just for a month, like like Dak Prescott. So, right now, we think he only has the job for a month. Just take a shot now. Yeah. I mean, you know for the next month, he is the main. Worry about your fucking problems then. But you know for the next month, you've got a guy. Yeah, I love it. You know, one thing also to, that, that's, that's smart about what you, you just said by being in the number two slot and the other guys holding on onto it is the fact that, you know, just waiting around and, and, and holding on to that slot. You Another flip side of what I did wrong is, is the fact that what I would do is not pick up in when I was in those positions where I had the number one waiver. I wouldn't put anyone in thinking like, oh, this guy's going to slip through the cracks and I'm going to be able to pick him up right after the claims are done and he's still going to be sitting there and I'm going to grab and be able to maintain. Sorry, buddy. You're not ever going to get the best of both worlds. If you're in a league with people that care and that are active on the stuff, there was like three times you're like, oh, no one wants this guy. I'm foreshadowing on him. I'm ahead of the game. I don't need to use my slot. So, and I, I'm, a late, I'm a late guy. I'm up late. So, like, I see when the transaction comes through at 12.59 or whatever. I'm like, all right, great. I can still snag him and it doesn't use up my waiver wire because I'm just picking him up. Uh, post uh, the claims, uh, it you're, it doesn't happen. So I got to stop thinking that I'm going to be able to pull that move and have have my cake and eat it too. Yeah, I mean, I have a friend in one league. Our waivers don't go through till three a.m. And somehow every day at three thirty, this motherfucker's in there making waiver wire claims. And I'm like, I fucking hate you so goddamn much. Did you ever like, set the, Did you ever set the alarm? No. <laughs> like, there's Come on. It, things in the world I care about. Sleep <laughs> and sleep, like that's, sleep and eat. Like I'm pretty basic. I'm a basic ass bitch. Hit my girlfriend so I don't get murdered. Uh, let's, let's, disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. She's not listening to this anyways, right? <laughs> she better not be. Uh, so maybe she wants to win her win, win her league. Maybe next year. <laughs> um, but yeah. I feel like that's one of those things that needs to change. It's got it's got to go through at like ten o'clock on Wednesday, so everybody has the same same chance. But how are you going to change that? You know, so you were talking about D Rex, how you would like not purposely put in a claim because you thought he would go into the the free agency where you could just pick him up without using your claim. At the same time, if you got that like that fourth, fifth, sixth slot, don't assume that the guy that you want is going to get taken. Put in that claim regardless. Don't be lazy like me sometimes. You know, even if you're the 12th slot and, you know, there is a de facto number one waiver claim that is, a, you know, you just assume is going to be swept up. You don't know what's going to happen to these 11 other guys. You don't know if they think the same thing you do. Put in that claim. You know, try because, like Wayne Gretzky said, you know. You, know, so you mean Michael Scott? <laughs> That's just like Michael Scott said, yeah. Hashtag hockey. So. All right. We got our hockey references. That's it. Got so, it. 
Yeah, because we never get those in. <laughs> Do we uh, got any more biggest mistakes on the year? Or? I, I have a, I have a, I have a couple. I can right. knock out quickly. We don't have to go on too, too too long. But I think we're doing pretty good on time here in general. Um, one of the ones that for me and and this I think I'll, I'll preface this maybe just banged up injury guys that don't play in the preseason, don't practice in the preseason, don't have time to gel with their teammates. Uh, Sammy Watkins. I fell in line with Sammy. I bought into how sick of a talent he is because of what he obviously did in those last five games of the 2015 season when he was all good and all back. But he had a surgery in the offseason. He was out. I just kind of thought magic. I think a lot of us did. Uh, magically was going to just all of a sudden week one be like, all right, I'm the best wide receiver in the world. And I went high on him. You know, he's a guy that I was grabbing late in the third round if I was um, in, in, some, in some leagues. I think in one of my smaller leagues, I think I got him in the, in the fourth round. Um, and that's a, that's, a, that's a guy that really tears a hole. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer, as I hope you guys are too. I mean, I've won championships where my first round pick is, is injured. You know, it's, and that happened like two years ago. Adrian Peterson injured, first round pick, still win the championships. Don't the draft is not the most important friggin' thing. Um, but when you when it, when a number of your picks just kind of totally underwhelm you, it can really be devastating. Sammy Watkins for me hurt my season this year. I bought in. He's obviously a great player. Um, I just think. The team situation, I was always worried about how many attempts, and uh, Staggs made a great point a few weeks ago on the show that um, you know Ty, Ty God was still the number seventh uh, quarterback in fantasy this year, uh, so I'm a believer in what he can do wherever he may end up this year, um, but Watkins, and let's just say it's not even Watkins, a player, an elite player in fantasy football, if they're banged up with an injury, if they're missing training camp, if they're missing preseason game, if you're hearing about how he's recovering so well but still not on the field, those are guys moving forward that I just have to say, relinquish my love and know and my known that I know this guy's an elite talent, but be smart and not draft guys that are hurt for the beginning of the season because in a lot of instances, the guy we brought up earlier, and let's 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 name a few of them right now if you've got them off the top of your head. Arals. Just destroyed any team that took him in the first five. Tony Romo just didn't didn't play a friggin' snap that meant anything. Maybe five snaps all season. Uh, this uh, Watkins actually played a lot, but he was banged up the whole time, and then he was out for a while, and then he came back, and he was playing through his injury. Had one nice game. Like, are there any other guys like that? I'm, I need to stay away from the. I don't want to have the all injury team. Uh, because Jamal just, Charles coming back. Jamal, I, Jamal Charles in the blog talk radio. But I took that, him in the third round. I was so excited. He never played. Thing is, that's an ACL injury, and he had a year off. And yeah. so, where are you going to draw the line? Are you going to draft? Are you never going to draft a guy who was injured? Because there's always. If you're saying I'll never draft a guy who's been injured, you're not not being injured, but currently injured. Okay. Like Jamal Charles did not play any preseason, and we when I drafted in the third round, remember I remember I was texting Arian you. Foster. I, I, yeah, Foster's going. Remember when I was texting you that we got Charles in the third round after getting you know the rest of the team. I'm thinking we're geniuses, but he didn't play. So I think now I gotta I just gotta be like you know what? Let someone else if he plays and he comes through and he. Lights it up and it's all world this year. You know what? To the victor uh, goes. Chris Ivory was fucked up at Chris, the beginning of the season. Yep. Uh, 
Who are some other guys I think of? Wasn't uh, Hearns banged up all off se- all preseason? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe he had a hammy, but yeah, but soft tissue injuries though. That like alshon has been banged up in the last couple of preseasons. Um, yeah, so that would just be one there, of my things. I but think then there's, there's other guys that that happens with sometimes. Sometimes it still clicks, but you have to be willing to accept that. Like with Odell Beckham in his rookie year, oh. you know the reason you didn't like him is he missed all preseason. Yeah. Uh, he missed the first. Four games of the season, and then bam, he puts his nuts on your fucking forehead. <laughs> oh, did he ever? In my <laughs> keeper league, that guy's got him for like I think next year he's gonna get him for the eleventh round, and this will be the fourth year he has him. Um, but yeah, that would be my thing. I just need to be smarter about stay. I I would never draft Gronk early because I'm always worried about him getting banged up. So why am I going out on a limb on some other guy? So I just want to be smarter about that next year. Anyone who's got this kind of banged up Nick coming off of surgery, going to be available week one, but isn't there. Those are the kind of guys, because what happened to some of my teams this year by going in on those guys and getting a little bit of a value, I thought, because of the injury. But in the long run, it didn't really happen. Yeah. Um, cool. Do we guys have any other ones, or should we get to the next little? Uh, cool. All right, we'll go on to the next one. This is uh, kind of the, this was the three biggest mistake. That was the three biggest mistake. Here is kind of uh, a positive. Let's let's go positive here. And what was the best fantasy advice that you got leading up to or within and during this season um, for that really helped your teams? And if you can remember or care to mention it. Uh, who or who gave it? Who gave you that information, or where was it from? And you don't have to go to that minutia or whatever. But just what is what's some advice that you got? You, you're, I mean, we know we know that uh, Waz, you're you're a guy that's you eat it up on Twitter. You're reading all this stuff. You've got so many of your guys that you go to. Who are who gave you some great advice? Whether it was a, a friend of yours or something that you read. All right, I'm, I'm going to kind of take a different angle on that because you said I, I I'm reading all that stuff on Twitter. Here's the thing. In the offseason, everyone's competing with my idea is going to work. You've all seen it, you know, closing out the season. Everyone's just like, guys, this has worked in the past. This is what you should do this year. It's all about XRB, you know, zero RB or all wide receivers or late round QB. The best advice that I saw was, guys, just, just, just draft. Like, it's just like, do your thing. You, you don't have to follow this. There's no system. There's there, if, if there was a right way to do this, yeah. there wouldn't be like a really – it wouldn't be a competitive thing. It would be like you know the same guys. And a lot of the same guys do always win, but they're very smart with their processes. They put in the work. And I, you know this year was one of the big years. It's probably the second year where I took the time to really do a lot of the work myself. And you know I, I think it was about two to three years ago. I, I really don't remember who it was, but I remember seeing somewhere it's like – Learn, learn, learn this game. Learn the process. Learn how these guys that you used to read and trust, how they're doing it, and you start understanding the the analytics side of things, and you start understanding how the systems are working. And the best advice that I did was not was taking my own advice of not following anyone else's advice. And I did really well this year. I, honestly, I did. I, it's not every year I'm going to pat myself on the back this year, but the only reason I really think I did really well this year, I avoided all those injuries pretty much. You know, if I did have a guy that was injured, I lucked out. I had a couple guys that was big on that I hit on, like like the Kyle Rudolphs and the Richard Matthew, Matthews and the Marcus Mariotas who just kept falling in leagues for no reason. I was like, 
I'll take him. He's like my second favorite quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, uh oh, you and Stags, if you guys are in leagues together, you guys you might know, be you might be two two birds from the same with the same feather. It's hard to take advice from people. The more the longer you play fantasy football, you have the group of people, you have the circle of people that you're like, I would, you know, I would come to you for advice and be like for specific issues, like, hey, I'm having a hard time figuring this out for myself. Can I have some advice? But don't let them give you that first level of advice. Figure, get that those first couple days yourself. Then if you're stuck, then ask for advice. You know. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I didn't answer the question properly at all. But that's my take on the whole taking advice thing, you know. But I think that's smart. I mean, that's I think that's one of the things that I respect. Um, and I'm good to hear it, as Anthony or Stags a lot with is is the fact that um, just knowing the game and the X's and O's and and knowing how offenses and strategies both from the defensive side and how that affects the offense and the coaching and all that kind of gamemanship. Um, I'm more of a heart guy. I've always been honest about that. You know, I watch the games. I see it. I'm an eye test. I've got my guys I, I'm, I love. i got my players I love. And sometimes that, that costs me in a, in, a, in a given season, grabbing a guy that I want to watch play on my team over a guy that I think, you know, might even end up with a better season but I don't enjoy watching. Uh, but, you know, I'm never going to win every league every year, and I do really well in leagues, so my strategies pretty much stayed the same. I'm a, uh, we'll go on to kind of the, my strategy for next season in that segment, but I like the way that, and I, I, that's one of the things I want to do as well, is learn the game more, learn the defense, learn the schemes, learn how that affects fantasy football. So if you've been doing that and you took that advice, hey, know the game, know how this thing works, and you actually went in this offseason and you did kind of put your time in and, and got that kind of minutiae detail on, on the sport itself, and that transcended and helped you with fantasy football, uh, that's something I'm on a mission to do as well for this season. Yeah, it'd be better at. I feel like I'm so far away from knowing as much as I want to know. Yeah. It's, it's one thing I just realized, okay, it, I just started last year doing it. Then this season, I was like, all right, now I'm really starting to understand a little bit. But, wow, how, how can I get on some of these guys' level? How can I get close to Stag's level, man? You know you know how Stag's can talk. It's you know it's that memory thing. It's the understanding. It's, it's, it's the, the, the functional process of how these things all work in synergy. You know, so... Create, creating your own process and then sharing your process with other people is be the person giving advice. You know, don't always ask for advice. Yeah, yeah and that's sort of my thing. It's like, what's the best advice you got this offseason? I can say it's like specifically Matt Ryan not being dead. But reasons for Matt Ryan not being dead and how they sort of added to my process. Like, so... TD rates and regressions and regressions to mean from a positive and negative side. You know, we've done touchdown dependency for the last couple years, but what does it really mean going forward? A guy like Eifert isn't likely to score at the same rate he scored at last year. A guy like Devontae Adams this year isn't likely to score at the same rate next year. So you look at all those things and how it adds to your process. So, you know, how do formations add to your process? I did a lot with formation work last year. You know, three wide receivers. If a team's going to do that more, the third wide receiver is more valuable than a third wide receiver, you know, from a team, you know, basically that runs two tight end sets. Like the Patriots. They've got a third wide receiver who's more valuable. Him or, you know, Kenny Stills. And Kenny Stills finishes a top 26 wide receiver. Um 
and just run pass splits? How can you use run pass splits to sort of de- determine, you know, the validity of a player? Uh, is he going to see enough opportunity? If, like in the offseason, if you can't write in enough opportunity, you know, it's hard to draft that guy right away. I mean, maybe you add him on that speculation play. So, when I do the projections, right? So, you're looking at all those different things and how they sort of play in, and just the little minute details that it's like, hey, you might have in your mind that, hey, there might not be opportunity for this guy right now, but if somebody were to be injured, this guy would be huge in this role. And then you can circle that, and he's one of your guys on your watch list all season. Um, and just different aspects of the game of football that will always come in. Like, you know, great quarterbacks in, you know, bad matchups. Do you fade it or do you roll with it? And it depends because it depends on their style of play. If they're a dink and dunk quarterback, you know, it might be good against some other teams uh, who play that that deep sort of zone. Um, and then it might not be good against other teams who are going to run press man and run different sort of variations. So there's just a lot of different things in the game of football that make it tough, but adding things to your process constantly, and when people you know, explain their process and their rankings process and their thought process and their DFS process and how they select plays and select players, I think that's the best advice you can get is just listening to them explain their process. And it's like, I've never thought about adding that. And it's like how how started using a lot of Vegas totals this year. Yeah. I like that implied point total thing with that you and Mo have been uh, you and Mo have been on. I think that's a smart thing, and I know that Mo has gra- has been very with T.J. Hernandez. He's a big fan of of, of that guy's uh, fellow's work, and he's someone I will probably talk about in a little bit here. But uh, yeah, I think that's a great one. I think it goes to what he had just said. It's like, hey, what are these people that are great at it? And it goes back to the very beginning of our first segment when you're doing the audits, audit. People that know what they're doing within the industry on Twitter. Follow if you're not a big on Twitter. We've said this before. Follow people we follow. Follow people we retweet with uh, because these guys are really some talented mofos, and these guys are really all in. They're full time fantasy football. That's all they do year round. Talented people, and they're smart people, and they've got. The, over the year, they've really kind of honed in and, 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 and perfected their art. Yeah, and unfortunately, some of them have access to things we don't, like the next-gen stats. Those are starting to be a little bit more seen to the public. They're open now. They're a little bit more open. You can see certain things, yeah. but you know, it's, we can't see them. We, we don't have a database just to go, what was this guy's separation per yard in, you know, this week? Oh, he's banged up this week. That explains this. But we don't have this giant database of, of access to, unfortunately. You know, we could tell you that Jordy Nelson just didn't look right last week with his ribs, but we can't say he had you know potentially the lowest separation of any wide receiver who played because we don't have access to the shoulder tracking pads and things along those lines. So, you know, we'll show you that great information when we see it. And, you know, interesting tidbits and things along those lines. Cool. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, for me, uh, the best advice that I got, and I'll just start the, the top level, uh, you know, 
not going to blow smoke up your ass, but uh, the Terrell Williams call that you made on the show was pretty much uh, after that show. I think it was one of the ones where you even laughed at me because I got up and I wrote it down on my... Uh, <laughs> you were so high on it and you were like you just gushing about it as, like forever. I'm like, all right, hold on. Because we record in season on Tuesday and most of the waiver wire is Tuesday. And believe me, one of the things I'll say, and I know you feel the same way, I know you feel it, working in the industry... Sometimes is the big reason why you fuck up things in your games. There's times where answering second opinions and getting stuff out on Facebook and getting tw- answering a question on Twitter caused my dumb ass in the morning, maybe hungover, in a rush to go do this or try to get things done before the four minutes before 12 o'clock. I didn't save, press friggin' save on my lineup. I got so many calls and texts. Second opinions were interacting with each other here at Pyro. Hey, you got that second opinion? Houdini, that's a dynasty one. You're on that. Hey, you got to get this. And there's so much going on that there was literally a time that I didn't press save on my lineup changes. I got I went and met up my bar. They're like, don't you run a site? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Isn't this what you do? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, you didn't even, you didn't even play. You got two guys that are on by. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, you started two guys. I'm like, no, I made these changes. Literally come back. I'm furious at myself. Getting made fun of because this is what I do. Come back. That scream. All the changes been made. Didn't even press fucking save or whatever in the upper right-hand corner. So as I digress, we this is something that happens when we, on these Sunday mornings. And I learned my lesson there two years ago where it's like, get all your changes done and then do the tweaks uh, in the morning. But uh, sometimes life comes along. Um, but my advice, uh, or the advice that you gave me was Terrell Williams, writing that down right after the show, going right in, putting those claims. I got him in every league I was in. I mean, every single one that he was available. I think that's five leagues, four leagues. And he was a starter on my team in every one of those leagues for the entire season. Just delivering, delivering, delivering. And uh, so that was, that was the best advice. I'm not trying to make this a pyro, you know, heavy thing, but uh, Stag's coming up big for that one. Thank you very much. I mean, that was the talk of the time. Like, dude, how the hell did you call that one? I, just when you're talking shit with your boys, be like, it was all me. I'm awesome. <laughs> I just, just know I'm just really good at this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So the best advice that we both got had to do with stags one way or another. Um, yeah, let's, okay, now let's rip on, let's get something to rip on stags about. No. What do you got? I mean, I got some bad calls. No, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to, I'm not, that was all last week though, right? Well, one thing I want to say about stags, we were like, stags, you want to, he's kind of got a photographic memory, this little prick, he's able to like really remember this shit, uh, so... There's, in some ways, he studies very hard, he reads a lot of it, but... It, like my short term, long term are always playing tricks on one another for years of being me. Uh, Stag Party's kind of got a photographic memory in some regards. So no matter what you do, and no matter how hard you try, unless you've got a photographic memory, you still might fall a little short of it. All right, the uh, segment of us blowing stags comes to an end. How about this? Listen to this and help us support the show. Awesome. Any other? Um, give it, let's do a couple other uh, pieces of advice that we got this season. I mean, not even this season, but yeah, just, just, just going yeah, back, yeah. like late round quarterback, and just JJ hammering that all the time. It just makes all the sense in the world. Don't spend capital on a you know 
early quarterback. And don't stay away from the number one quarterback, especially. You know he's unlikely to repeat his, you know, sort of season. So all those things, late round QB, I, no matter what season, you know, a couple of years ago when I really, really started advocating for it, it's just it just makes way too much sense not to go with in, in your leagues. And if you're one of those guys out there spending a second round pick. On Cam Newton, you're just you're just betting against yourself. I mean, you're betting against the numbers, and you're betting against history. And I'm not willing to do that. What about when you're going? And I'm asking for a friend. Uh, do you uh, is Andrew Luck in the sixth round? Do you feel like that's a bad pick? I, I don't, Are you just I don't all about? Enough. You're just all there, about no going one. super late. There's no number. So if I think Andrew Luck is the best quarterback next year. I've, my tears are out. He's my number one quarterback. If he's available in the sixth round, if he's available in the fifth round, I may pr- take a chance to take him. But I will not spend top three, top four. Okay. Ba- basically, after four, floodgates are a little bit more open. I, I'd more like it to be eight or nine, get my guy like Marcus Mariota or you know whoever my guy may be. You look at our draft kit, sorry to interrupt you, but our draft kit, and who you pointed this out, our draft kit and our, um, our sleepers at the quarterback position, home fucking run. Just a home run. We had Mari- Mariota, we had Stafford, we had Matt Ryan there. Uh, it was just a home run. I forget who the third one that made. We had Dak, I believe, was in there. Uh, but um, home run all around. So go on. Sorry to interrupt you. Sorry, get it. Promote, promote the product here. Pyro, the Pyro Draft Kit will be out on sometime in May or June. We'll this figure it out. June. <laughs> Seeing how I won't be here in the middle of May. Nice. Where are you going? Uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Jazz Fest? No, my buddy's getting after. married. That's week after the second week of Jazz Fest. Nice. Um, yeah, that's all I really got about later on QB. But, but also, you know, we've talked about this before. I think it's just one thing to hammer home with late-round quarterback. It's positional scarcity. When you can get, you know, when you only need to start one of a player, he's not as valuable as, you know, these running backs and wide receivers where you need three or four on any given week. So uh, we'll talk about that more, but those two things are just – Advice that just rings true year after year after year. Can we? Can I put you, Johnny, on the spot a little bit? You came out with this a great piece of content on Pyromaniac.com. You got to check it out. Stag Party, first in industry, first version of his tiers are out. We put it out a couple days ago. So the 2017 initial tier sheet by Stag Party is on our site. Check it out. Um, as you said, you got Andrew Luck first. Let's just talk quarterback if you've got your guys in front of you or whatever. Is there a late-round QB right now that you're zoning in on? Um, that, that, that you're it's going to be Mariota. Like, like looking at that schedule and, as well. and looking, yeah, we're going to need to pay attention to his injury. That's a big sort of injury return he'll have. But the fact that they could also add a weapon in the passing game for him in the draft. You know, there's a lot of things I like. There's a lot more we're going to have to see and diagnose before this This is going to be my... This is our last show before, my... before the first game of the uh, of the, of the of, uh, preseason. Sure. Uh, we're, we're signing off. We're out. We love you guys. <laughs> 
Stagbury's like, oh, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about this T-Rex. <laughs> as, he, as he uses his uh, nice little uh, his straw string on his hoodie as a toothpick. Stag party. <laughs> you guys both have your little thing. Oh, I gotta start doing that. That's a good one. I mean, you got, you got shit in there. You gotta get shit done. It's just there, you know? I still miss Dogmatica biting his finger, fingernails and running around like that, uh, that Matthew McConaughey in the Lincoln Booger commercial. Dog would sit there for literally two hours talking fantasy, like going like this. <laughs> it's better than him going like this and then not being gone, because then I know his nails sitting on my floor. What's up? I am the clip commander. <laughs> oh, the man in the boat. <laughs> this isn't going off the rails at all. It never <laughs> does. Yeah. Never does. <laughs> This is, it's actually nice to have uh, have Waz here doing and going off the rails with me because usually it's me and Houdini. Houdini's on his fourth victory. Stag parties, just like come on guys, let's reel it in. Let's do this. Come on, back to football. <laughs> Look at him. He's, he's like a, he's like a, he's like a young father. It's it's so cute. Um, all right, let's go on to let's get some more pieces of uh, best pieces of fantasy advice. I think no no more no mas. All right, I'm good. We got plenty of off-season to talk about this stuff. Um, what's the worst football advice uh, that you got? Um, is there anything anything out there? Or is, if, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think I'll, I'll say it. Go. I'm not a big fan of that zero RB thing, and we'll talk about that a little bit as we prep for next season in our next segment. But I think that was a big thing that I kept hearing last summer. All the experts, all the industry podcasts, talking heads, everyone was on this um, zero RB thing, and I just don't think that really is a, is an effective baseline plan to me uh, I'm a uh, for many reasons but um, I think that the league is fluid things change from season to season I don't think it's a smart move to go into any given season with a concept that basically says this position is unimportant to you no matter how early or middle rounds or whatever, you can wait. You're going to be able to get a guys. And there are obviously instances. We've been talking about Howard. You know, you were able to get Gordon super late. There's a lot of guys that, that you know, came through and, 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 and validate that. But on the flip side, the top guys this, this season, I would say the top four guys, we're the, are the top four guys at the beginning of last season. You know, you take out Adrian Peterson who got hurt. But David Johnson, Elliott, LaShawn McCoy, and Le'Veon Bell, those guys are the top four running backs in standard leagues. Um, probably LaShawn McCoy, McCoy is a third-round pick, but everybody else was hey, yeah, top, and McCoy, top Yeah, and McCoy was, came into value. Um, but those guys... Here's the thing. It, it just matters so much your league of record rules. So if you're in PPR, you want to talk about going zero RB, makes loads of sense. But if you just bring it back, if you're that standard type of player, you play standard leagues, you know, running backs are always going to have such an opportunity to score so many more points. So if you look at it like that, that explains a lot. But if you look at the PPR and you also look at just how scoring went this season, Wide receivers didn't have record-setting years like they've had in the last couple of years. And, yeah, it's hard to break records every year, but we're moving to a passing league. It's still a passing league, but rushing touchdowns happened at a higher rate. And that's all you can really say. I mean, 
Is it the wrong strategy? No. Could you have won your league if you went zero RB? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Hey, there's no and there's no approach that that, that you can win the league with any approach. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with that. But one that I'm going to say here's a good example of what you just said. So this year, uh, David Johnson standard scoring 325 fantasy points. Last year, the number one guy Devonta Freeman 243. So that's a big, and that's why I say the league's fluid. You're going to have these high moments at each position. We know this season was a dud and a half for the tight end. And so just I just don't like the idea of going into any draft and saying, you know what, this you can get later. I like your call. I think you're right about having that element of the PPR helps a lot and brings a lot of guys that are maybe just in standard Garbage brings them way up, but that—that's kind of the one thing that the advice that I, I was just like everyone was talking about. And it was just so—it was so overblown, and everyone just jumped on board. So the worst I advice was, the you whole got. Time I was kind of like, eh, I'm not down with that program. The worst advice you got this year is not zero RB. It's that you have to go zero RB if you want to win your leagues. Yeah, that was the worst advice. The worst advice I got this year is that I can't drink a. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers. (laughs) So, at the same time, I mean, zero RB, it it never was meant to be as an absolute. Zero RB was kind of, kind of, uh, how, how how do I put this? They were trying to explain the fact that this will give you, based on previous years, which is important, because no one can ever know what's going to happen this year. And it, it, it did not work this year. This was a kind of a an, an awkward year. Um, based on history, here are your best odds doing it this way. But at the same time, you're also seeing people, depending on leagues, be like, oh, uh, most leagues want going RB, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, RB. You know what I mean? There's, there's so many variables. Yeah. Um, I saw what they were doing with zero RB. It made sense. But at the same time, that goes back to what I was saying earlier. Everyone just wants to try to get it's, – it's, it's a little difficult in the industry. Everyone tr- wants to try to stand out. We want to get that advantage. We want to be noticed because we, we want people to listen to us. We put in so much time and effort. It's, it's better than talking to a wall. and You know, you, you, <laughs> you want to have your thing, exactly, something that you're known for. Exactly. And, and everyone's going to have to try to find that thing that they hope works right away. Now, here's the thing. I think Zero RB – has uh, you know a, a good chance any year, any year. Um, it worked in the past. I, I can see how it worked. It has as good odds as anything else, except if you're going like RB, RB, RB. That's probably not the way to win, just based on injury expectation, which you can never. And I've been in so many leagues that yeah. guys that do that. Yeah. And some of them actually are, are successful, but yeah, like I, like they're like I'm like, dude, you're on your fifth running back. You've got one wide receiver, no quarterback, and two tight ends. But what's standard, going on in standard leagues? I can see that happening, but more and more leagues are developing towards half point PPR and PPR, which uh, give running backs more value. You got those guys that are just, you know, you got those scat backs who just catch passes. They're not going to, you know. Uh, running for touchdowns, and you got the David Johnson who do both, who make which make him look even better. You know what I mean? So there are no absolute systems. There is no absolute advice. It really Blow is Powell's perfect example. You know, how many it, catches do you think that guy had this year? So let me think. Sorry to put you on the spot. I'm doing that, my that, that's lost, lost. My, my trivia. Fifty nine. I was gonna say like forty two. Fifty eight. 
See, he's so good Master. at what you're doing. <laughs> See, but the thing about Powell is... He picks his teeth with his, <laughs> with his, with his the, drawstring. The New York Jets have always liked Bilal Powell. The only reason why they keep him around is because he works with the team. He is uh, He's a fan favorite to the organization, and he pulls through when they, when they need him to. He'll never be a workhorse RB. Yeah. When, I, when I kept hearing that he's like, Bilal Powell, he's, you know, he's, he's a sleeper, he's going to be a stud... But he's never ever going to be like that. He's going to be this kind of guy that's going to come around in in December and just kind of either bring you into the playoffs, which the Jets were nowhere near. But he has the capability to do so. He, he's like got fresh legs. He can make plays. I'm sorry to distract you. I know you were on something else. I was just yeah. I was just reiterating the point that you were making that with the with the zero RB and just the fact that it's it's it it, it has its merits and it has its drawbacks. And some seasons it's going to be. A great route to go, and some seasons it's not going to be as awesome. So I think in general, I'm and I, this will be. I'll let you, I'll, we'll move on for this. So in general, I love our 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 strategy, and I'm not going to even mention it now because we're going to talk about our our off season and what we want to do for next year uh, here in in a minute. Uh, and this is going to be the cornerstone of I think things that you'll hear from Stags and I in general. So wait for it. Um, all right, let's. Uh, Let's get got any, got anything else? Um, okay, cool. I like it. Um, who are just quickly off the top of your head, quick shooting? Who is uh, who's your favorite resource? Who's the guy that you find on Twitter or articles that he writes? Um, you know, and this is just kind of as we lead into this um, off season and talking about it. This kind of will be the preface of it, and then let's take a little moment. We'll uh, we'll, we'll throw out some ads. Try and uh, coop some money off of our time here, but who? Uh, <laughs> All right, so I'm a money grabber. We're the capitalist uh, society. Website well, or person? Whatever you want. You know, there, 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 there's, there's, there's every year. There's more and more resources doing really, really good stuff. Like they are putting through great stuff. And the thing is, a lot of it gets overlooked. the The fantasy football industry is getting so. Crowded, it's ridiculous, and I wish some of us would just work together, man, because everyone just wants to compete. There are some brilliant minds out there, and I've had the opportunity to talk to these guys, and I know for a fact that be like, this guy isn't getting the love he deserved. This guy, holy shit, this guy knows his stuff, you know. Be like, but they don't have a platform, and it's really hard. It's really easy because later on, email the list of those guys. Yeah, (laughs) just uh, anyone, you know, anyone I follow, I trust, you know. So, but. It's really easy. You'll hear me later kind of give a shout-out to a guy who is on a high platform, who yep. is well-known in the industry. But there's so many guys out there that okay. aren't well-known. There's certain sites, there's certain writers for uh, um, Rotoviz guys put up great data, great apps that you can use. Um, their, their stuff's awesome. Uh, Dynasty League Football has been putting out great content for years, and they actually just kind of revamped their whole scouting uh, system to bring you more knowledge with the Debbies. There's a, there's a website, thefantasyauthority.com. Uh, I yep. apologize if it's .net, but uh, these guys have some brilliant minds. Uh, .com apologizes if it's .net, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, like those, like, I like those guys. Those, yeah, guys, hey. those guys are, are we're homies with them. They're, 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 they're engaged. They're some part of that stuff. fantasy football network, uh, podcast network of ours. They do some great stuff. And I don't agree. think they're getting the love they deserve sometimes. They put out a great podcast. They put out some yep. great content. There's still um, podcasts. I listened to that a few times. Dynasty sure. Trade Calculator puts out a great podcast. They put out a great tool that isn't an absolute. It's something to guide you. That's the, the ADP one that they yeah. did. Oh, yeah, right. that, we, we love that one. We, we, 
We I think we use Fantasy Pros a little more on ADP. Fantasy Pros is awesome. We know, but they're at a yeah, high platform. Yeah, they're, they're a high platform. You know, you got I like to calculate guys on the ADP stuff. Man, there's right. so many guys. I, I I could talk forever giving guys shout outs. Um, it would just well, let's take make all sure day. that every time you're on the show, which you know I think we're gonna have you on on, on the regular. Uh, we'll have you with Houdini sometimes. We'll have you without him. Hopefully, most of the time, based on your schedule, I like the idea of, of having three of us when when he's got when work calls or whatever. Wednesday uh, has a Kings Leon concert scheduled from a March. Monday, moved to a Wednesday. Okay, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, when Stags is out, um, I'll. Sorry, listeners. I'll pretty much always be here. I think well, I missed. You don't have to. I've missed two out of the two sixty. Um, but that's just because I'm a total loser and I got nothing else to do. Um, as I pick my nose like Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds, why don't chicks dig me? They're picking their teeth with their drawstring. I'm eating boogers. Good times. Um, all right. Yeah, so please, as you're on these shows, I think that's one of the things I love about you and knowing. And, you know, the first time we ever met was at a meetup for fantasy football. And that was really cool. We had fun. We went out super late. There were some good times involved in that and uh, drinking some, some zombie dust. And, and I just knew from day one that you were just a, a devourer of fantasy football and loved, loved this stuff and were passionate about it, but also knew a lot of people within the industry, read it all, and just sort of consummate kind of consumer of it. So when you're on the show, show the light. You know, one of our big things is teaching people how to fish. And you're pulling back the curtain on the Pyro Podcast. So uh, please, let's let's show. It's not for us. We're they're all our contemporaries. They're not our competition. You know. So let's show talk, talk about these guys and uh, give our listeners uh, some good resources they can use above and beyond the Pyromaniac team. Um, all right, cool. Uh, basically, our next segment before we get into it. Uh, but it's going to be what's your approach in the off season? We've done some elements of that in this discussion. So. Whatever, but we'll uh, we'll close out the show with kind of what we're going to be doing here and now, getting ready for the 2017 season. Uh, the Super Bowl is going to be over um, a week from this Sunday, and it's going to be everything prepping for 2017. We're going to talk as fantasy football experts or whatnot on what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be getting prepared so that we can uh, be champions in every league we're in. But before we get into that, Let's do everyone a favor and listen to this. Excellent. Thank you for your patience. Uh, off-season approach, pyros, stag parties, foot fell asleep. The only time, you want to know something? This is the weirdest thing, and listeners don't want to hear this, and this is just what happens as we get into hour three, uh, or hour two, the third hour. Um, the only time, the only, the only time that my foot falls asleep is when I'm doing number two. Like I'll be sitting there and I'll be like reading my iPad or like checking out my magazine, and then all of a sudden you go with a little too much forward lean. Yeah, huh? I'm just like I'm just like sitting there, and then all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, dude! I've been sitting here for a little too long. Forty minutes later, and then I'm like I stand up, and I'm like my foot, I'm like flushing, I'm like. Oh, my foot's asleep. And I'm like crawling out of the bathroom. Uh, Jesus. And then you went to throw away your box of condoms. Yes, there we go. I was wearing a, I was wearing a rubber while doing this. <laughs> T-M-I. All uh, right. Good times. If you haven't left us yet, we appreciate it. Um, all right. What is your off-season approach? Um, I think 
Um, you know, a few questions. We'll just have a let's just have a discussion around Trable. Free flow, stag party, hit us. All right. So my off season, of course, comes in sections. Where there's sort of sections of the NFL off season. I have sections of my own off season. So right now is data gathering and number crunching. My favorite part of the off season. Just put together chart after chart after chart. And Tell us about a couple that you sent to me over the last uh, few days. So it'll just depend whatever the fuck I feel like working on, basically. So the last couple I did was touchdown dependency. And then I'll do the charts. And then I'll dive into the charts. I'll look at some things. And then I'll use those on future podcasts. I'll use those on just you know shaping my ranks for next year. So it's like... You know, Devontae Adams. How do you rank Devontae Adams heading into next year? You know, he's very touchdown dependent. You know, Randall Cobb sort of missed a lot of the season. And so did uh, Jared Cook, who they plan on re-signing. Is there one of these other guys that they also plan on bringing in? Um, and, and you'll sort of weigh these things in your number crunching stage. So it goes number crunching and then... Uh, I'll probably do a lot of that for the next month or so, including filling out all the numbers in the draft kit, um, which are extensive, <laughs> and then yeah, sort of just don't, data don't. mining and things along those lines, and we'll go, then we'll sort of get into the scouting and evaluation stage once we have the combine, and we know sort of, you know, we've had all these East-West Shrine games and the Senior Bowls this week. So really starting to dive into those rookies and see where they might fit and where I sort of hope they end up and what would be the best fit and sort of what team needs. And then sort of do the same thing with free agency. Uh, what, what are the big holes that could be filled and who would be the perfect fit? And if this perfect fit happens, you know, where might they rank? And just, just sort of run through all those scenarios so, and that's a lot of the player evaluation stage, and then it'll come down to crunch, crunch, crunch again, you know, run, <laughs> run projections based off of, you know, speed of the offense, run pass splits, you know, how does the coaching staff coach? So snap counts. Snap counts for certain guys. Certain My, my projections are based on a, a lot of different things, um, but then there's that projecting time. And then move, and then we'll sort of get close to the off season, and we'll start to move with the ebbs and flows of the off season, sort of rumor mill, and that, and then finally we're back at draft time, and I get this. But also, a lot of my time this off season is going to be spent doing MFL tens. As soon as those things come out, we're going to be drafting, boys. Next month. We're going to be drafting, boys. Are we going to, you know, that rumor mill you were talking about? In the fantasy industry, are we going to be hit with alternative facts? I Is mean, there going to be like, all... <laughs> I feel like fantasy... I feel like... Are there going to be all facts included uh, in our industry? I feel like beat reporters started alternative facts. That's it. Arian Foster is the starting running back. Management of the New York Daily News. He was the worst at it with the Jets, man. <laughs> he's, he's, he ain't doing it no more for the Jets. But those guys just... They, they got to get paid. We can't hate on them, you know? Yeah, those sure stories. I can. <laughs> well, yeah, I get, uh, fuck those guys. Oh, I like Stags. <laughs> Remember I wanted to do a whole hate on segment? Stags like, no, we're not... Pull that out. Beat, out. beat reporters are completely different. Fair like, enough. Hey, all right, now I know. How to, okay, Stags, give me five beat reporters for you to beat up. And then they'll be like, okay, I got them. Speaking of beat reporters and beat up, did you see the interaction between Ted Cruz and Deadspin? No. Oh, my God. 
I retweeted this and you didn't even no, look. No, I didn't see so it. So basically, Deadspin sends out a tweet. Somebody send us proof of Ted Cruz playing basketball, a picture. Ted Cruz's account tweets them, um, Grayson, Grayson Allen sort of looks a lot like uh, Ted Cruz. So he sends a picture of like Grayson Allen at the free throw line. Deadspin responds by saying, eat shit. Um, back to Ted, off their official Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he said, eat shit. And so Ted Cruz then sends the, uh, the sort of, what is it, uh, Anchorman meme, Jeff. It's like, well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> um, but then, like, the, the Deadspin editor, who, whatever the fuck his little bitch-ass name is, I hope he listens to this, he starts sending out this tweet about how, you know, somebody got attacked. Now it's just a bunch of people on the internet you know, who won't fight me in the octagon. And, and I was just like, wait, what? Well, was he claiming that they got oh. hacked and, and everything? Okay, okay. No. So he, he, was just saying, he, was doing a, he was doing the old fight thing, like, you, you trollers, let's yeah, go to like, the ring. It's like, yeah, you bunch of trolls, let's go to the ring. Like, you think Ted Cruz owned us? Uh, Ted Cruz fucking owned those motherfuckers. But this editor's like, oh, they won't fight me in the octagon. <laughs> We've done that before. I've said, "Hey, let's play, let's play, let's play some hoops. Let's play some football. Flag yeah. football against any other of the fantasy sites out there." I'm thinking Pyro all the way. Oh, but yeah. I like the way Stag just went on a three minute political rant. Where whenever I say anything political, that was he, not political at all. I know, but it was involved a political figure. <laughs> but whenever I do that, Stag's like, "Oh God, he, he wants to jetpack out of the building." Real good because I, at least the listeners listened to the first two hours. Yeah. They're cutting out for the third hour. Well, right like, after he talked about taking a shit with the rubber on, man, yeah, that was about the end of it. Hey, if they're <laughs> still listening to us after I did Dogs in the Tub, uh, Mo, Mo, thank God his wife doesn't listen to this, but Mo does. And Mo had a, his party weekend. He gave us on the Pyro Podcast Light. If you're not listening to it, check it out. He does a great job there. Um, I'm actually going to be his guest Uh Two weeks after the Super Bowl, he's taking a few weeks off. God bless you. You did a great job there. You're going to be after me, right? That's it. Sometimes. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think you're going to be three weeks after the Super Bowl. I will only be on it if he interviews me like he interviews everybody else. He has to treat me like he doesn't know me. Fine. Fair enough. (laughs) But he was was partying last week. He had like a Friday and he had a show with his wife. And then he had like some like reunion thing. And he texted me and he's like, I'm waiting. He texted me on Friday night after the show. He's like, I'm waiting. He's going to hate me for saying this. He's, he's like, I'm hammered. I'm having a good time. I'm going to go home and have some fun with the old wife. And I'm like, it sounds like a perfect time for the dogs in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I won't tell you his response, but I think he was all in on the effort. So hopefully he gave it a good go for it, Mo. We love you, buddy. You're the greatest. So- Back, we gotta bring it back in now. <laughs> gotta bring it back. Back to uh, what is your sort of off-season study and get ready for next season, Waz. All right, yeah. Uh, you know that that data gathering and that that data mining and the whole. Let me put this number in this cell and do some kind of formula somewhere somehow. That's fun. That that, that is a little fun. It's it's it's. It gets really tedious, and you start hating yourself, and you start thinking as you get like three quarters of the way through, you're like, "Why am I doing this? Can't, is, didn't someone else already do this for me?" You know. But at, at the same time, you want to trust your dad. Yeah. So, um, 
I do that pretty much right away, I, all throughout the season or whatnot. But uh, one of the first things I do, I try to catch up on some football games. You know, there with the holiday season, you had your Thanksgiving, you had your your, your Christmas, and all, all those kind of uh, holidays there in the uh, at the end of the year. There's there's games that I missed. I, I you know all throughout the season I like to go back and just kind of just watch the games. I'll watch a condensed version, but there's still some games that I still haven't watched. Uh, I'll try to go back and maybe maybe watch all those games. Try to get you know at least the majority of them knocked out of the way. Um, and, but I get, I get pretty stoked for the draft, and, and you know who doesn't? We always want to see these new players start getting sprinkled into the league. Who's who's going to be uh, you know who's going to be the next? Big wide receiver, big quarterback, big running back. We want, you know, there's a lot of tight end talk this year. I spend a lot of time on DraftBreakdown.com. They do a great job putting out a great product, which includes tape on almost any, you know, higher value prospect that you can find. Even some of the the mid to low guys. There, there, there's tape on some guys, and what they do, they, they, they'll, they'll focus out the player that you're watching, and they'll go clip after clip of every relevant play that that player's in. Yeah, I just got done watching, you know, the last couple of days. I watched the top couple of running backs. I watched Dalvin Cook, and I watched Leonard Fournette, and I watched McCaffrey, and McCaffrey's a guy I've seen a lot of. But on film, you notice different things. But draftbreakdown.com is a great resource. If, if you guys aren't watching draft, or using draft breakdown, it's completely free. You don't need to sign up for an account. You... You type in a player's name and you just go to town on these videos. They, they, they do a great job. They put out an awesome product. They really do. That's awesome. I love doing that. I haven't actually ever checked out Draft Breakdown, but just you going to YouTube and, that and putting players and checking out their game tape. And nowadays they even have it going back to high school. And you can see, like, even, like, some of these guys have only been playing. They've only got two years or whatever under their belt in the, in the college level. But uh, I, I love doing that. That's a way that I've made a lot of great picks. Um, Houdini kind of was one of the people that kind of really got me on that. And one of the things I will say is this offseason we're going to be putting a lot of those kind of videos into the Pyro Pro package and doing a lot of things with the rookies. Uh, me and Houdini are going to be kind of spearheading. I think, Waz, you'll be helping and some of the other team as well. But we're really going to do a lot more um, kind of rookie action um, happening within the Pyro Pro sphere um, and excited about that. But uh, what was the name of that website again? DraftBreakdown.com. DraftBreakdown. Yep. Love it. You know, it's, it's really going to start focusing more and more on these rookies because year after year, these rookies are becoming more relevant. Uh, it's, it's not just these rookies falling into the perfect situation. These rookies are getting playing time right away, week one or halfway through the year or they're winning leagues, you know. We've seen it time and time again. You can't disregard. There used to be a time when I was playing fantasy leagues, I was like, I am avoiding rookies. It's just, it just never worked out. But it's getting to that point where you, you can't, you can't avoid them. You're getting such great value on, on you're getting a return on investment on rookies who, uh, who are going late in drafts because no one knows what they're going to do. But you got to take a chance. If you hit, you're, you're, you're going to do all right, you know. Um, and on top of what Stags was saying about, you know. Transitioning with what the rumor mill is saying, kind of going with the flow of you know the draft capital, what you hear, he said, she said, uh, kind of taking advice of people like like I was saying here, like uh, that you trust. You start. I like to analyze kind of trends like that, kind of where it's going. Not only do you, you don't always want to focus on what they did in the past, which is it's it's a great start, but you also have to see what's changing around that player. They got a new offensive coordinator. They got a new coach. Heck, look at the uh, the Chargers. They got a completely new location. That that that's a variable that you have to pay attention to. 
uh, Philip Rivers at the same time. You know, he's we're not even sure. He, he keeps saying. Uh, don't really want to do LA. What, what are we supposed to take with that? You know, how are you supposed to value Philip Rivers right now? You can't not not as efficiently as you can value, let's say Drew Brees, because you know what he's going to do. You know where he's going to play. So you know, going back to him and our talk about the Pro Bowl earlier, uh, it was kind of cool to hear um, Rivers say, "You know what? I'm excited to play in the Pro Bowl because it's going to be my last game as a San Diego Charger." And that was like the only cool thing I'd heard about the Pro Bowl ever. I was like, you know what? That's awesome. Right on, Rivers. Go get him, old man. Yeah, Rivers has always kind of been that kind of uh, vocal guy who love that ne- guy. never really cared what he uh, what he said. He's, he was always a fun guy to listen to. Bolo knows. That's it. Yeah, um, no, I love him. I'm, that's one of those guys when he retires, there might be a little, there might be a little tear in my eye. I've ripped on him over the years, and he's kind of just like he's such a. Such a southerner, just a good uh, a huck and a hick and a, a guy, but he's just he just reeks of loving football and uh, having sex, sex and making babies. <laughs> he's just that jock that just never grew up, right? <laughs> God bless him. Um, awesome. Anything? Uh, anything else you got? Yeah. yeah go so, for it. You know, you know, from there, that's that's when I started establishing my tiers. Like I can't be as quick as steak sometimes, but now I'll be like, ha, I already have them done. Uh, but tiers are vital, especially if you you don't even have to be publishing them somewhere. Just have yourself something. Get a notebook. Write it down on a sheet of paper. Write it back on the back of your like your notice of eviction. Just you know have have a have something where you start making your own decisions and kind of understanding like I was saying earlier that process. Try to give yourself a something to work off of you know and tiers are a great start because from the tiers you can start going into you know start projecting those 55 man rosters start projecting those potential you know uh, trades and those potential like starting lineups those depth charts those are very important because from those tiers you start getting into those those rankings and then those projections and from there everything you know becomes more set in stone by week one you know of the preseason even and it starts making more sense week one of the regular season but uh, you know all those little things—they're they're vital to uh, a successful process. I love what you say there, and 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 we preach this here at Pyro, and I'm all on board with you. Devour the information, follow the news year-round, and start your tiers early. You know, it's, think of your tiers as like a, a block of clay, and. Some people, a lot of people out there, the ones that usually don't win your league and they're donors to your league, start molding that clay like a couple weeks before their draft no. at most. An hour. Yeah, okay, at most. That's like, that's like the middle of the road. Then there's a lot of people in your leagues and a lot of people that we all know and love to have in our leagues that mold that clay and try and do a Michelangelo job like the weekend before. Then there's just the... Jump off the bridgers, like just just quit all your leagues, just go on, just get into tennis. Um, and those are the people that literally the day of the draft they wake up and they start molding that clay. We and I agree with what you just said with tears. Start molding it now. Start letting it take its form. Put it on paper. Stag's first version of tears by next month is going to be. Almost a redo. And we talked about that so many times, like in the tiers. First version, I would get out, like, oh, nice, dude. Version two is going to be so much easier. And then I'd be like, holy fuck. It's a new version every time. It's recreating the wheel every time. But wouldn't you rather recreate the wheel starting now, 
take the knowledge in, have that information, have that intel, and keep massaging it all and on until, because then you're going to be able to have that final iteration that's like, oh, that aha moment where you've done so many iterations, so much work to get there, that it's not your first iteration and it's going to be garbage. So start early, get that down on paper, start tweaking around, move the dials, get the information, take the alt facts, take the real facts, Look at your fantasy uh, providers that you love. Listen to your podcast. And just always, and make them your own, always moving around your tiers. And you're just going to be in such a great spot and then live and die by those tiers on draft day. Yeah, and in addition, when you get your tiers done earlier, there's a couple different ways you can go about it. So, like, I know Mo likes to write every piece of news down. So it's like, move down, well, let's go with J.J., because Dolphins want to draft the running back. Something like that. But if I, I'm the type of guy who's so into my tears and so anal about it, I go into my tears as soon as I read this. Uh, I, you know, I'll, we'll say it's a credible source. Just for shits and giggles. It's a credible source. They're going to draft a running back. Hell, they even drafted a running back. So I see they drafted a running back. Okay, this guy's going to battle for the competition. I'm going to move J.J. down five spots. I do it real time. And you don't have to do that, but if, if that's how you're more comfortable, you know, go for it. That's, that's something that we actually talked about on the phone, I think, yesterday when, we were, uh, when I was on my ride home. We were just catching up on some pyro stuff. You're like, I'm like, yeah, well, that's awesome on the, on, the, on the tiers and all that stuff. I'm like, we'll, we'll figure out when we do version two. And you're like, no, no. This is a daily thing. I'm always moving them. I'm, I'm definitely not that way. God bless you, Stags. You're a madman. I'm more of like, Tier, our tiers are due for draft kit number one this day. And it's not, I'm not cramming. I start, I start going, but it's like, all right. Then I realize, okay. And then I'm like, I got to get this thing done by tomorrow. I'm doing more. And then that last night I'm doing it. And then the next morning I'm like, Stags, mine are going to be a little late. <laughs> this this thing, I thought it was going to take two hours. This is fucking 10 hours of work. God damn it. I thought I was, I had it. I'm reading more and I do that whole pit one guy against another. Every and it's like, goddamn time. Every goddamn guy. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there and like, it's one o'clock. I just got through half of the tight ends. I've got to go to bed. i got a job to make some money. Fuck's sake. But yeah, tears, awesome point. I think that, you know, you know Pyro. We love this stuff. Get it going. Uh, what else you... Uh, I'm what, good. What? You good? You got something? Yeah. Um, for me, um, in the offseason, I'm all about Twitter. I'm all about getting that information, devouring that news. Don't, don't wait and get you know, I figure like during the winter you wait, you don't work out, you gain some weight, and then all of a sudden it's the spring and you gotta look great at the beach. Uh, something that I haven't had in about six years, but uh, and then you start working out and then you're a good go and it's like this this push and pull and not high and low and yin and yang. Um, nah, study, be a football person year round. You don't have to own a website or be, work on a website or be a fantasy football uh, madman to do that. Just always on your mobile phone, using apps on your computer, going to your favorite websites. Just always know the information. So it's just never like you got to cram. It's always just there for you to pull it out. Um, so Twitter, I think, is a great spot for that. 
help follow us, follow um, uh, Waz, and follow other people within the industry and get that information. That's important for me. Um, the audit thing that we've talked about is important. That's happening now. Get that while it's fresh on your mind. Uh, that really will help you kind of look and know what you do, should do and double down on what you loved about what you did and what you didn't moving forward. NFL Network. I mean, literally, when that Super Bowl is over, there's really not many resources on TV, and I'm not a TV guy, thank God, uh, but I like to have NFL Network in the background and talking. I mean, to be honest, it sounds stupid and, and, and a little obvious, but the NFL Network's talking about the NFL year-round, and they're going, they got 24 hours of programming. Even watching a football life and getting caught up on that stuff helps you learn the game and helps you know more about it. So NFL Network's something big for me. I'm not, I'm, I like baseball, I like the Cubs, I'm excited for this season, I'm actually going down to Mesa for the uh, spring training, which will be dope, you were there last year, stag party, I'm going this year. I was um, supposed to go again this year, but uh, nah, not this time. I'm going, I'm fired up, uh, uh, but yeah, so NFL Network, once once the NFL's done, on all the major sporting, it's, it's out, you know, you get the combine, you get the draft, you get some of those big things, but NFL Network will keep you up on it, and then uh, I think one of the things that you said earlier in the show is important for me is learning the game, there's some great guys that Mo's had on the show, I think uh, 2V's done some great books on, on wide receivers and some of his fantasy rookies, maybe looking at some of the reports that our other boy, um, uh, Moe's guy, uh, David T. Thomas, uh, looking at some of those rookie reports. I just want to try and really get the ins and outs of the game, the X's and O's, the route tree, knowing the strengths, knowing the schemes, knowing the defenses, and that's not really my strong suit, but if I can bring that layer, if I can have that layer of the onion where really I truly know in a matchup what's going on and wh who's doing what. Um, I think that I'll be a, a lethal weapon. So. I, I really want to do just an X's and O's show. Where, where it's just It'll like, help me. I'd love it. I mean, it, it's not, it has nothing to do with fantasy, but it's more about the game itself. And it's it's all about you know whatever questions you guys have. It's like when we're talking about schemes and how they're run, what does West Coast really mean? What does it mean for my fantasy players, you know? And, you know, stuff like that. I think we should do a show like that where you guys just ask a bunch of questions and I... Uh, the only way I'll I do that is if you dress like the, uh, the one of the teachers from uh, Van Halen's Hot for a Teacher. If you're going to be the teacher, you got to dress like the teacher. This you sounds weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Get a whole bunch of user questions, even just, you yeah. know, or, or, or uh, you know, just kind of variants of questions that... Anyone would head all through it the year, or systems that work this year. Be like, this is why it worked. I can see something like that work, maybe in like a video cast. And at the same time, um, like it'd be great afterwards. A great Reddit. A re afterwards, after we do a show like that, we can do a Reddit and open it up to ask us anything kind of thing. I like that. See how these guys tell us uh, what they want. You know. I like it. I think that's a really cool idea. I think like another thing as a part of that learning the game. One of the books that I literally I just finished an awesome, uh, awesome. I, I'm more of a thriller fiction guy, but I want to read uh, like you had mentioned the West Coast offense. I want to read Bill Walsh's uh, autobiography. I want to read some of this stuff. I want to I want to learn like kind of the mains and there's that coaching tree and the trickle down of all these guys that are from different camps and different coaching minds like just to even know the the West Coast offense and how it kind of like came to be in Bill Walsh's and I'm a Niner guy. Uh, 
that can just help me become a better. So if that's something that you like reading, uh, longer books, I know we're in an ADA uh, Instant Gratification USA Today World uh, Instagram uh, post. Did you say about ADA? Did I? Well, I don't know why. Because I'm working on Sloan stuff. And I literally today was doing like ADA uh, certifications. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Exactly. Um, what, I, what I really meant is MDMA. <laughs> I thought you were going ADA for sure. Bum, bum, bum. Let's get the show over with so we can eat some of these fucking yellow little Molly pills. Alright, so what's the next question? The next question... And here's our closing music. There we go. Uh, Goodbye. <laughs> early look at uh, who you might be uh, drafting next season. You know, we're going to have an all-off season to talk about this stuff. So just a, a quick hitter. Who are some guys that are really piquing your interest right now? Doesn't need to be first round. Can be whatever. But a guy that you, you're, you're, you're zoning in on. Yeah, just two guys right here that just instantly come to my mind. Brandon Cooks. Uh, with that Michael Thomas love, with the season he had, people don't realize how great of a season Brandon Cooks st- still had. And you know, in uh, in the in the the short amount of seasons that Cooks has played, he's he's he continues to perform at a level that works perfect with Drew Brees throwing him the football. Uh, Brandon Cooks is, I think, he's not gonna be like. He's not going to be a steal. You're not going to get him for a steal. You're going to get him for a fair value or just under. And it's really hard to find these studs for a fair value. If you can get a guy for what he's worth, you got to get him. Because there will be very limited to no opportunity to get him for that value in the offseason. Especially if he performs at, you know, at, at the way he should be uh, you know, performing. Uh, the same goes for a guy I also really like still is Jordan Matthews. Jordan Matthews is it, it, he's in the same boat. He didn't have as great as a season as Brandon Cooks, nor did he did he have as great as a season as he's had his rookie season or or, or last year. Um, the thing about Jordan Matthews is he just got you know they had they went through coaching changes, they went through different different offensive. Uh, Changes. He has a rookie quarterback who, personally, I am not even a fan of. Um, but the thing is, we're going to have to deal with Carson Wentz for just a couple more years. I think he'll flame out. I do. But uh, there's an opportunity for Jordan Matthews to learn to f- find out what works for him, what works out with Carson Wentz and Jordan Matthews. That tandem can work out. There's very limited tandems in Philadelphia that could work out. Uh, if you want a guy who can still catch some a bunch of footballs and catch touchdowns. Uh, Jordan Matthews is that guy. Yeah, I, I think one guy I'm really looking forward to drafting next year is Hunter Henry. Uh, you know, I think Antonio Gates will still be there, but I think he's going to take more of the backseat role to where he's just you know a red zone player, a third down player, but he's not playing the full complement of the snaps. We saw Hunter Henry; he's a red zone target. Uh, and that's going to be the best part of his game. But I also think the catches and the tough catches over the middle, they're all going to be there for Hunter Henry. So, and we saw the usage, you know, when he was heavily targeted, you know, how he was able to convert and put up, you know, good fantasy performances. So Hunter Henry is the guy I'm going to be targeting next year. I'm probably also going to take shots on the rebound quarterbacks. I'm going to be uh, probably higher than most on Russell Wilson and Cam Newton. Willing to take shots with those guys uh, as my, you know, when I'm doing my late round quarterback, when I'm in the eighth round, it's like, oh, well, now it's time to draft one of these guys. And if they don't work out, I can go with somebody else. What about Jay Cutler? Nah, get the fuck out of here. 
<laughs> Who cares? Who I cares? Don't, I don't care. Uh, Cuddy don't care. Uh, but yeah, those type of guys on rebound seasons, uh, I'm going to go for probably. I'm also going to avoid these older passers like Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Andy Dalton, Flacco, Palmer, uh, Romo. I'm probably going to go for the younger guys at the QB position. I mean, it's going to be case-by-case basis, of course. But I think I'm going to go for the younger guys like the James Winstons, the Marcus Mariotas, the Tyrods, the Derek Carrs, the Dak Prescotts. And that's where I'm going to spend my quarterback capital. I just think there's so much more upside with these guys. And I just can't see Philip Rivers throw 20 interceptions again. That's nasty. <laughs> um, I wish I could say that I really had a guy that I'm kind of honing in on. but I- Why? So I can avoid him? Matt Jones. <laughs> Mean and hurtful, <laughs> but deserving. Fucking <laughs> uh, hate Matt Jones. <laughs> yeah, hey, so do so do I. Um, but Cousins, uh, I'm looking at Cousins. They're saying he might be going to, over to uh, 49ers. That will actually absolutely implode his value if he goes there. Or where's the other spot that they say he might go? Uh, uh, San Francisco and another. Oh, Cleveland. Um, they said that he that they're they're interested. Maybe. I'd be sort of interested in Cleveland. What do you think about um, what do you think about hearing the news that they're that Cleveland's going to give the uh, franchise tag to Pryor? You think that's just all facts or? I mean, it's got to be. They can't let Pryor get away. He's their most exciting player right now. They already re-signed Jamie Collins, so. Who else are you going to give a franchise tag to if you're fucking Cleveland? And after a year like that, you, you can't let a guy like Terrell Pryor go. And you can't also you, you also can't give him a brand new contract because you're like, am I going to keep getting this output yeah. from you? No, you know. So Cleveland is still kind of one of those teams. They're, they, they're getting some good-looking guys, and the quarterback could be the thing. I don't think it would be Cousins, but if it is... It's going to be pretty sweet. When you say good-looking guys, does that mean that you really <laughs> like Pryor's haircut or you you like the is yak? Oh, man. I don't even know if I can answer <laughs> this uh, on, on the air. No, you, you know what I mean. They, they got, they got really good, uh, you know. Yak there, all over it, your face. Yeah. <laughs> yak, metrics, everything. Cleveland's got it going on. I, I certainly hope so. I want, I want more than anything. I want Ty God to go to Cleveland. I think that would be awesome. Um, Not for Corey Coleman. I don't know. I ain't feeling it. It didn't work for Sammy. I, I agree, but I just think that it could be a great foundation. He's got to – I mean, I think – isn't Tyrod going into like a sixth season in the league or something? He's got, he's, got, he's got the foundation. He's a hard worker. I think he could just find a good niche. Uh, I'd much the, rather see him go to San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. Is that you think could happen? Oh, absolutely. Want to know what else could happen? What? A Valverde! So good once it touches my lips. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, for me, I think I'm, I'm going to hone in for guys I'm looking for next season. I'm going to look a little bit more maybe the wide receivers, uh, more positional-based than individual. Wide receivers on um, the Colts. I'm really high on Hilton. Let's see where's Mon. What's Moncrief gonna do? He was kind of a uh, a cock block for me on the Hilton side of things. Um, you know what's gonna happen with the uh, the quarterback and the running game for Denver? Uh, is there something exciting gonna happen there? Do I like Romo if he goes there? 
Yeah, because I think you can get them at a value. Uh, are they happy with what there's going on there with C.J. Anderson and, and Booker? Uh, so I'm going to be looking more at team situations and positional, um, not matchups, but competitions uh, that could be going into the drafts and this offseason. Um, so we'll see. But I'm all with what Stag says. Look at guys that are coming off of bad seasons that just kind of had – you know, situations that are could just get them right back to where they were in 2015, um, and they're going to come at a huge value. I know that Stag Party, uh, in your tears piece, you kind of uh, pinpointed on Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins as two guys that you haven't given up on yet. You're definitely moving them down in your tiers. They're in tier four now, but the talent's there, and you're going to be more happy to dive on a guy like that uh, that, or guys like that that have the talent that are just elite in, in the talent and had bad situations with their quarterback play and their offenses over an opportunistic kind of guy like uh, a Landry or some of these other guys. So I'm looking at situations, looking at teams. Let's see how they fill it out in free agency, and that's kind of what I'm doing. Let's go to the next question. We, we hit on it a little bit earlier, um, and that's kind of like how many leagues do you plan to do next season? We got a sense of how many uh, you did this season. What would be a good sweet spot for the number of leagues for you, Wes? Man, I... Uh... Two, <laughs> but I, I just can't do that. I, uh, I I'm really committed, and I, I really like the leagues that I'm in right now. Like, the, the, there's a lot of leagues I'm in the same guy, you know, same group of guys. Usually, there's probably a uh, a number of like 15 guys who I like to spread across several leagues with. If this the guys in the league, I'm, I'm going to stick around. Especially if I have a uh, a really good foundation for my team. Whether if I just won last year, I think I won like three dynasty leagues last year. But I also have a good foundation where. I have a good chance I'm going to win again next year. And, you know, I don't need to kind of blow it up yet. And then there's other dynasty leagues I'm in where I'm like, you know, I got some early round draft picks and I have a really good core of guys who were injured like Keenan Allen or, you know, guys like that where, hey, I, I did bad last year because I had good players get hurt. So, you know, there's another interest in there. Um, so I'm probably looking at close to, uh, I think it's like, 10 to 12 dynasty leagues. I'm gonna do at least two. <laughs> I'm gonna do at least two dozen, like at least two dozen MFL 10s and MFL 25s, like I did this year. And I'm gonna, you know, sprinkle in some uh, season-long leagues, uh, depending on who invites me in. Let's 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 go to town. Invite me in. So let's go. Catch me outside. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Waz, sorry I called you Waz last time. I just want to let you know. Um, it took me three years to get uh, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy Graham's name right. I call him Jimmy Smith for three years. So just, I'll be, I'll be good. I'm getting it. You give me a little clear. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a d bag with names sometimes. Yeah, if he says the wrong name, just say catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> but I, this guy needs to get in the octagon. Why, why does this guy not want to get in the octagon? Dude, this whole catch me outside thing yeah, is hilarious. What is that even? What it's, from a, it's from a Dr. Phil yeah. show. And she's just like, catch me outside. Like hood rat trash. Like it's it's the greatest thing. And she's like, catch me outside. How about that? But it's like, who's she talking to? Like Dr. Pe- Phil? people in the audience. Uh, she calls them all hoes or something. And she's just like, it, it, it literally says, cash me outside. How about that? Dr. So, Phil's like, cash me outside. How about that? <laughs> Amen, dude. He's I like, like what does that mean? And she's like, 
Uh, that's what I just said. You know, they, just they, exactly they, they had a problem. They can catch me outside and have my dad. Nice, awesome. Um, all right, for me, uh, you want to go? How many leagues are you doing? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a tough call. Five, five is going to be my abs. That's my hard cap for leagues I have to set lineups in. So, you know, talking on the fall tens. I might try to get up into the 40 or 50 range this year. Uh, so what? I know that's set and forget it. I know it's basketball. Yeah. So how would how do you? It's all done through my mm-hmm. fantasy league. So yep. so it's easy to just have all your 40 leagues there. You just go to one spot. You don't have to like manage. You're not like you're look, not managing anything. Do you even look at do? You, when you I, I look us, every, you look at it week I to look, week. Do you see how you're doing? Four weeks. Exactly. I peek in because I'm like, how am I doing? You know. But you draft your team and. People just let it go, but I, I have the hard time just letting my team go. I'm like, hey guys, how you doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. hey, what place am I in? Yeah, yeah. hey, oh, hey. third place. I'm still in it. All right. And there's you know? no trades. There's no anything. Nothing. You are just done. Done. Set it and forget it. But I'll join. Okay, I'll join three of your MFL ten leagues. But let's do. The, how big? Are, what's? Can we do like a higher money? You can set up a private league. We can do a pyro league. I'd rather do a bigger money one than like a bunch. You of can do twenty five, fifty, or hundred private. And you can invite people to them. How big? How big is the base? Always twelve. So twelve. So let's do let's do one or two, maybe three for the listeners or whatever. Pyro. We'll do a hundred. We'll do a fifty and a twenty or something. What if they uh, leave a review? I mean, we can pretty much I like invite that. those guys. I like that. Yeah. Okay, let's figure out something cool to do. Yeah. I, I obviously I listen to it. I, I hear people talking about it. I know what it is. I know basketball, but it's I've never done it. It's yeah. Addicting. It's addictive, and I've got an addictive personality. Maybe mm. that's the reason I stayed away from this. <laughs> um, okay, good times uh, for me. I'm dropping out of one league for sure. Uh, didn't just not enjoying it. It's just too much of a frenzy of free agency. It's a short bench. Uh, this one league, it's a short bench, and just every week, it's just the turnover is crazy. I hate it. So I'm dropping out of one. Gonna stick with Blog Talk Radio. Gonna maybe drop out of my old league, but I won't do that. I'll stick in my oldest league like <laughs> that I was talking about earlier. I don't want to. That's just too, too, too good to, too good to have. And then my big money league, so I've got that one. And then, uh, yeah, so I think that'll pretty much bring me down to three. Maybe we'll do one. I mean, we're all, we all talk on the Pyro Leagues, whether it's the Scott Fishbowl. I mean, Stags runs that one. Um, but, you know, we definitely talk and draft together It's the worst a fucking bit. thing ever, trying to draft with, <laughs> with the, people. That's the best league. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's awesome. I'm not going to toot my horn or anything, but I did finish in nine. You finished so, ninth out of ten. Four, 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 four eighty. Yes, sir. Yeah, buddy. Nice work. That's it. I knew we had to hear it for a reason why. But uh, um, one year wonder. It, drafting with other people when you have such different valuations of players is one of the toughest things ever. That's the one league that's the toughest because we 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 open it to me, Houdini, and uh, you and and Mo. Uh, yeah, it's like oh. so that one's just like after a while when it gets deeper in the draft. We just kind of shed off a couple, and it's me and, and Stags. But at the end of the day, I, I let you call. I, we put in our two cents, and I think it helps in instances. But at the same, you know, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I think it helps later. I think it helps more later in the draft a little bit to be able to pinpoint some guy that might come through. But yeah, I, I know, I know it annoys the piss out of you. There's a lot of things that uh, annoy the piss out of all of us when working together and uh, caring so much and drafting with different ideals and all that good stuff. So, um, 
Cool. Let's move on to the next one. Best resources that are producing content during the off season. You you mentioned some. I'll I'll mention a few. But what uh, my guys? I think. Uh, I know it's crazy, but I like Peter King. I like Monday Morning Quarterback. I think he's. I've met him when I was in Boston one time. Randomly, him and his. Uh, hopefully, his dog's still alive. But his golden retriever. We're sitting at a cafe, and I met him, and I came up to him, and I said, "I." That was right when I had just started this website, Pyro, and talked to him, and he's a really cool, gracious guy. Uh, so I like his stuff, sort of stuff, even though I know he's a curmudgeon and he's an old schooler and more of an NFL guy and not a fantasy football guy. I'm still down with this program. I really like the Soblik brothers um, and, and, and their action. It, it seems like they're doing a lot less with New York Times. And what's what's their website? Fifth Down? Or they've got some website of their own. But the Soblik brothers, do a search for them. They're pretty good with rankings. They do. They just do a good kind of uh, overview of matchup pieces, and uh, they just seem like really normal uh, brothers that love fantasy, and I like their passion. So uh, those are some other some guys that I like. Scott Barrett is oh, yeah. is, is, is Scott a, Barrett, man. He's, he's the team. guy that runs the, the fish bowl, right? He's the, no, you know, no, that's Scott Fish. Which oh, that's Scott, Scott Fish. Barrett's, okay, uh, Scott Barrett stuff. Dude, dude, fantasy bro, the guy that started with a whole bunch of NFL tens and yeah. His his charts are fucking okay. I always you're right. Scott Fish is the fish bowl. Barrett stuff that we see uh, that we see. Hey, there's a lot of guys. I uh, yeah. I, I, I'm a, oh. I, I'm not I'm not as is is on. So Scott, Scott Barrett's pro football focus mostly. He is not. But, but, but also, yeah, that's right. Focus. Does, okay. does he's he does things some other spots. Uh, yeah, but his charts are excellent, and he just does a lot of charts that seem to be just for Twitter. And he's on Twitter. He'll just share things like today. I think it was Ben Roethlisberger's passer rating home versus road for the last three years. His passer rating at home is no. twenty five points higher. And he's number one. Yes. He by far the biggest differential. Twenty-five points higher than it is on the road. Which is insane. And then he's like third to last in, in his road. Scott Barrett will toss out those nuggets, man, just like that. Just on Twitter, he yeah. won't post them or publish them anywhere, but he's a great follow if any. So there you go. Follow, yeah. At Scott Barrett or whatever you can find him. Twitter. Scott Barrett DFB. DFB do fancy bro. Yeah. Great, great, great resource. Puts out great charts. Last guy I'll say, just another dude I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, TJ Hernandez, I feel the same way about. I think his charts are awesome. I like Barrett's a bit more, but Hernandez is on top of it. Sharp dude doing interesting stuff that just kind of like I'm not a chart guy that just can dive through and look and want, looks in every cell and checks it all out. But I feel like his charts are very like digestible they're a little more heady than I usually tend to go but I can accept them and digest them quite easily so I really like what uh, what he does so if you're if you're looking for great charts he's another one last one John Paulson awesome with his rankings he's awesome on Twitter uh, which guy which site is he with four for four, four, four. four yeah That's four it. for four yep. um, along with Josh for four for four so I, four for four stuff's great get a little annoyed that every single thing you do is like 40 characters and then they want you to buy in but hey man they've been around for a while they got to make some money respect to that you know I, lucky enough with this got fishbowl I actually won myself a 444 subscription it's been a few years since I actually used 444 but they really they got a lot of good stuff going on right now they they, they really changed the landscape and yep. rearranged the furniture they, they it's, it looks really good there and TJ Hernandez like you were saying is, is doing uh, 
uh, DFS over there as well. Which uh, I use for so, yeah. yeah. And I like the Sleeper Bot. Um, I'm not a big fan of the app. I'm not a big discussion board guy. But I like the integration with 4 for 4 that that Sleeper Bot has. I think it's really pretty cool. Um, we're, we're paying members of 4, uh, 4 for 4 as Pyro. And um, integrating that with the Sleeper Bot app is, is pretty cool. You can check out the game matchups, the rankings. And it's uh, this kind of secondary layer to the Sleeper Bot app, which I was, I was pretty impressed with. Uh, Stag Party, uh, you got any uh, resources just throw yeah. out quickly that you, you love? And, you know, we, we, we'll have a whole show, just so you know, we'd love to have you on for that one. This Austin, we'll have a whole show of just like, what are our favorite fantasy resources? Open the curtain. What do we use? What do we do? How do we get this stuff? There will be a whole show on that uh, within the next uh, two, three months. So we'll go dive deep. Listeners, we'll dive deeper into this then, but uh, hit us up. Yeah, I mean, I, I like a lot of what's going on at Road World in season. They, they're they're just so sort of regimented that at this time, at this day, you're gonna get this. So like the worksheet by Rich Rebar is excellent. You know, Rich if, Rebar. Yeah. Oh yeah. If I if you just like numbers like I do, it's just all digestible numbers. But give uh, Give me an example of something you'd see in that. Not the okay. Spot, so so over the last. Over the last seven games, no quarterback has scored more than, you know, Dak Prescott. You know, uh, just yep. st- stuff like that. Cool. And it's just all, like, little gold nuggets, and you're like, how can I use this? And they're applicable. They're action items in some ways. And that's real cool because you can sort of use it. I sort of read that, and that's sort of how I'll, you know, after doing my own matchup analysis, I'll read that, and it's like, okay. So, and then I'll start building my DFS lineups. So uh, I like a lot of people who do, you know, different things with DFS. Um, I, I like a lot of people who do different things with DFS. Um, I, I like the D- Daily Fantasy Edge podcast, which was uh, recommended for a Fantasy Sports Writers Association Award. Uh, so I, I like that. That's excellent. Let's see some other people. Can I ask you a quick question sure. while you're doing that? Is there anything... Random and weird to expect in DFS with the merger of DraftKings and FanDuel is are they basically it, we, we don't know. <laughs> is that gonna? Is that? Is that yeah, go for it. I, I I think what they say is the business as usual. I think it's the words that they use. So DraftKings will be just like DraftKings was, and FanDuel will be just like FanDuel was. We we don't know what it's gonna be like in the future, but the, I have a feeling it's gonna be kind of they're gonna do their own thing. But really, in the big picture, they're just going to be one entity. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so business and... Business and, and, as usual. And the admir- administration yeah. and all that stuff will be done uh, co- collectively, but individually, they'll still be doing their own thing. Cool. I really love the rebrand that fan... I don't love the sports rich thing, but I like the brand upgrade the new that, that the FanDuel yeah. did this year. I thought they really stepped it up. So if they're joining forces... I think you can see in the horizon a rebrand and kind of a an heightened aesthetic experience from DraftKings. I don't know, man. I've already got the the uh, copyright to Draft Duel, so we got that going for us. Nice. Yeah. Do you? No. <laughs> well, let's find the URL. I mean, um, probably already gone. Let's be serious. I know. Uh, <laughs> any, I own. Just so you know, if anyone wants to buy the URL bejesus.com, um, I own it. So just. Uh, Highest bidder gets it. And you also own what? <laughs> I, 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 there, there's a lot of things out there. No, there's, there's no. A few Twitter. You, give it. <laughs> you 
can't tell us? All right, so if there's anyone out there interested, no, you know what, I can't. Okay, fair enough. You know what, let, let's we're gonna, change it We're going to get you drunker one show with some, with some bourbon. I, I have to delete the history first, I think, is what I need to do. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, if I may, jump on one last thing. Uh, Stag uh, Party mentioned uh, the worksheet by Richard Rebar. Uh, this is a very powerful article that is absolutely free to everybody. If you aren't focusing on your week's matchups by starting with Rich Rebar's worksheets or Evan Silva's matchups at Roto World, and I read the Silva one, you need—I I mean, you need to. Every, like, it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a pillar right now in the industry. Richard, you know, he's—he's he's busting out like every week. He'll tell you who to trust, who's going to be a bust, and uh, who's going to be a reasonable return. And these things are very important of where to start. Rich Rebar, he's so dedicated to the uh, to the industry. He's, you know, how he doesn't have a full time job with Roto World right now is beyond me. It's gonna happen. But this guy, get this guy's stuff while he's trying to prove his worth because it is on point. Love it, love yeah. it. You can the early, at, the early you albums can, are always the best. You can follow him at Lord Reeves, R E E P S. Oh, okay, yes, I, I've seen his stuff. Awesome. Um, all right, let's quickly, any other resources? We think we're good. We're going to have a lot. Uh, quickly, last thing, let's just, uh, let's just, we've got five minutes before we want to go to this closeout music. Um, what are you excited to do that's not football related? What are you excited? We do football nonstop. I know we're excited to have you in the fold. Like, really excited. Just going to let you know. We're really excited to have you here. We love hanging out with you. We love watching games with you. We respect what you do. And um, it's just awesome to have a Chicago guy that we like. On a personal level, respect at the fantasy level, and having you in the fold, awesome. So, just appreciate that. And fired up to have you on the show. Excited to do many more. But, uh, getting to know you, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. to know more about you. What What are you what excited to do now that happened? the fantasy football <laughs> is, is, is going to be... Done for a while, and you know we know we're gonna do our off-season thing. Super Bowl's gonna be over. What are you excited to do? This not fantasy with your wife, with your yeah, life, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I I love some free time with the wife. You know, it's really hard. She accepts the fact that hey, Sunday's football day, Monday night is football day, sometimes Thursday. It's like whatever. You know, I mean, she's like, oh, what are you doing? Your football stuff, quote unquote. <laughs> she gets it. You know, she she understands that. Hey, it's it's your hobby. So, but he, he, here's something you should know. I'm a Bring me to a music festival. Let, let, let's check out some shows. As you wear your Riot Fest. As I wear my Riot You know, it's actually in September. It's always here in the first week of football. So I, I, I'm always missing, like, the games, you know. But it's like, I got to rock out a little bit, you know. Let, let, let's kick it off. Uh, let's kick it off the right way. Um, and at the same time, uh, you know, I got some games to catch up on. Xbox One, man. Resident Evil just came out, you know. Let me, <laughs> nice. let me get that fired up. I got, I got that uh, installed. I haven't even played it yet. Uh, so music, music festivals, let's have a good time. Let me bring the lady out to dinner and the show, and uh, let's uh, let's kick back, play some video games, drink some Valverdes, and uh, go to town, dude. I like it. One show you should take your wife to. I told him the same thing. I don't know if you're listening or buy the ticket, but take your wife, excuse me, to that Shen Yun show. That Shen Yun shit. I just hear it's an epic. I haven't seen it. I'm going to see it on the 17th of February. But I bet you she would be fired up to go see yeah. one of those kind of more cultural 
the shows a little more uh, Broadway-ish, but I, I, that'd be a good one. They have it promoted all over Chicago. Can't go wrong. Yeah, right. Never, I haven't seen it anywhere. What are you talking about? Wait, really? I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. Geniuses, these marketers. I took the bait. What up? What, what up with you? I like that because I, I take your I, every time I the, the couple times I've hung out with you, I I've taken the bait on everything. Whenever you're dry humor and total yeah. bullshit, let me fuck with you for a minute. I'm always like, really, really, like, I'm fucking with you, dude. Like, okay. You got me. What do you got? Uh, sort of same things. I'm, I'm going to see a lot of different sporting events. Some Cubs games. We're going to bet some ponies this year. Uh, friends' bachelor parties and weddings. And it seems like I'm always... You going to bet ponies? Like, do you go to the racetrack? Are you yeah. going to go to Arlington? Arlington. You, you going to go check out Kentucky Derby? Or you I, wish. I wish. I wish. I, it looks like we're doing our buddy's bachelor party. It's going to be on Kentucky Derby Day, which is also the day that Arlington opens. So it sounds like it's going to be a crazy little day there. Is that that one you're going to? Oh, that's a wedding you're going to. In yeah. Um, but uh, we're going to bet some ponies. Uh, right now, every Sunday is dedicated to playing in a floor hockey league. Sick. Which is pretty sweet. Uh, uh, and I'm definitely not in shape enough for this. Waz is like Waz is like dude if you already dude, floor, if, if everyone's if you got a couple players out of town yes. you need you need a you need a bench a like it's player. legit. It, yeah. It's so legit like they do a draft, you you draft eight players and then you draft one alternate. And then that's your roster all season unless somebody gets injured like during the first five weeks and then they they have a wait list. That you can replace. I've been on the wait. I would have been on like the wait list for like four or five years before last year. I respect what I respect what you're talking about there. My fraternity, University of Kansas Acacia, rest in peace. Done while I was there, we got kicked off campus. Uh, <laughs> smooth um, move, killer. We were awesome at football. We smoked. We smoked the football guys, like the big, the pikes, all the big hot shots. The people you would hate from the movies. We smoked them in that. We got crushed in basketball. We got crushed in softball. Floor hockey, three-year champions just every time. So we were football. Floor hockey was awesome. We had, we were a stoner house, druggy house. Floor hockey was right up our house. Uh, yeah, right yeah. Our it's house. funny how stoners are good at floor yeah. hockey. <laughs> I have no idea how, how it happens. But I know a lot of people who smoke pot, and I coincidentally know a lot of people who are good at floor hockey. <laughs> I think it's because they actually probably played hockey in high school and as youngsters. And the only way you can deal with that smell in your car is if you're really baked. <laughs> uh, nice work. All right, for me, off season is just going to be great. And uh, I want to give you respect, Stags. We're actually going to, like, for this year, and we said it maybe on a few podcasts, we're going to, like, take a little break. And we're really excited about that. And during that break, while I'll definitely be doing fantasy stuff uh, for Pyro and getting us set up for the next year and our developers and design, it's just going to be nice to know that when work's done at five or six, I don't have to come home and get another three hours worth of stuff done. And what that's going to include is me going and seeing some more movies. Me going and actually not turning down my friends that want to hang out with me and grab a beer here or there, grab a bite there, whether they're married or single, whatever. Like, just like, I just turn people down all the time. Like, oh, I got to get this shit done. And like, dude, you're just working your life away. It's going to be nice to just get that done. And then the off season for me, like you said, 
Cubbies. It's going to be sweet. All the stuff that's happening there with the Cubs and the the baseball season. I haven't been as fired up about that in a while. And big thing I got to do is um, I got to find myself a girlfriend that um, I've I've really made uh, this site and this product in our our working world um, my bitch. And uh, you know it's 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 one of those things where I'm. I'm excited this offseason to go out and do a little more fun, go out a little more, and not always think about what I got to get up on Pyro. We're going to be doing a lot of content this offseason. We're going to be doing some great stuff. but And we're going to be doing this podcast pretty much on the reg, even while we're taking our little vacation. But you're going to see, uh, you know, about a five to seven week real wall on our site. And uh, I'm excited for that. I don't know what I don't know what's in store for me. I don't know what's in store for us. I hope we'll hang out and drink some beers and have some fun. But uh, it's going to be a little bit different than the previous four-ish years where we do the year-round. I feel like so. if I took that much time off and like didn't work on fantasy after work, <laughs> I'd never start again. So well, I shall not the, be doing that. <laughs> no, but the truth is, and you know, but the truth is, it's not going to really be that way. But, but just, it's going to be a nice hiatus where it, I'm going to text Stags and be like, Stags, where is that? And you're going to say, fuck off, I'm on vacation. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Great response. I love that. Me too. You know what? Fuck Pyro tonight. I'm going to go do this. See, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what to do at work if I'm not working on fantasy. <laughs> like, my employers will not be listening to this, but I'm pretty sure most of my day is dedicated to fantasy football. One or another. But I'm worried if the IT guy finds me, but then I realize, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, here we go. Let's hope that all the machinery. So, awesome to have you on. Elaz, you're the man. Good stuff all around. Um, guys, we love you. We do these shows for three hours. I remember when we watched the games uh, last weekend, you're like, Scott Barron or Scott Fish, one of them, was like, I can't listen to the Pyro Podcast. I only, got, I only got 40 minutes to yeah. listen to this shit. I, I can't fit them into my schedule, and we get it. You even yourself said, I listen to you guys over the course of like a full day or a day and a half. We understand. If you guys are listening to us on a regular basis, we appreciate it. We're growing leaps and bounds. Things are great here at Pyromaniac. We work hard on this, and um, you know, you're a big part of that. So we love you. High fives. I think this is a great ensemble. I think I'm loving the way that we're going to be able to do shows together with this tri uh, group here. Um, so, Houdini, I know you're listening. Hope you're firing it up in uh, New Jersey <laughs> and getting your stuff done. And uh, did you say you're out? <laughs> oh, my God. He, he, I didn't get, get interrupted today. I'm, I'm going to get a text about that one. It's like, fuck Stags. <laughs> that is funny. That is actually great. You really didn't get interrupted. Houdini, the interrupter. <laughs> Let's get that bitch slap done. We love you, Dini. Anyway, guys, Wait, peace in the Middle East. Let's do this. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's awesome.
treacherous beast walking past hand in hand by the shore. Wisdom forgot them, so they became trouble. So 